These people are just human pincushions for the United Nations. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, October 4th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 449. This is No Agenda. Beaming out live from coast to coast, Washington to Washington. From the District of Columbia in the morning, everybody, I am Adam Curry. And from Washington State at the Pacific Northwest compound, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot Buzzkill in the morning. It is a first in podcast history, my friends. A Washington, Washington to Washington. To Washington, coast yep. to coast. Coast to coast, everybody. I'm here in uh, D.C., and John, you're up there in, uh, in uh, ST, as in state. And uh, we're going to, uh, once again, try to bring you another episode of the best podcast in the universe. And uh, let's begin with thanking our producers. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say the reason I am here, just so everyone knows. Uh, now, John, you're up in Washington State because uh, you actually, uh, your family lives there, and they like to see you from time to time. Um, I am here uh, for the Emerge Art Fair, as Ms. Mickey was expoing in Los Angeles just uh, last week. This week, she is here, and of course, I am uh, supporting her for that. It is in the, uh, uh, what is it, the Skyline, the Capital Skyline Hotel, uh, and it's going, it's going to be going on for a couple days here, and uh, so I'm once again set up in a hotel, well, actually, the last time was at Friends, now we're in a hotel room, so... Uh, take all of uh, the technical issues with uh, a little bit of love, if you don't mind. Should be okay, so you couldn't download the clips. Yeah. Well, I've I've done a couple of things since our kind of debacle the last time. I've stepped down the uh, streaming quality because, of course, you know, we're not just doing a live Skype conversation. We're playing clips. People have to understand that when you set this up and – you actually want to be able to have a, a, a Skype conversation with someone. There's more to it, particularly when I'm playing clips that I want you to hear, um, because that means there's going to be some kind of feedback loop where you have to hear the mix but not yourself, etc. And then we're streaming. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so that is, uh, well, we've pro- kind of perfected the whole, the whole thing over the past, uh, what, almost five years as uh, our anniversary is coming up. Uh, October 26th. October 20th. I keep forgetting, honey. (laughs) You know what bothers me? What? You go to these conventions, you go to these trade shows, and you pick up lots of pens. (laughs) And within weeks, these pens stop working. (laughs) I'm going through pens right now because I got a little notepad. I forgot the red book or the red books packed somewhere. And so I'm going to write stuff down. And I got a pile of pens. There's probably 100 pens here. And none of them write. Really? Have you ever noticed this? These pens that they I, give away you know, I, are garbage. i got to be honest. I really don't use writing utensils very much anymore. Mm. Jeez, I kn- this is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I know it's terribly kind of like nouveau of me, but now the only thing we, we use um, a writing implement for at home is for like the um, you know the grocery list. We have a little pad and we just write stuff on it. Like oh, we need this, we need this. But otherwise, I don't. I don't think I actually use a pen anymore at all. I don't, I don't have one even for the show here. I'm not doodling. I'm not doing anything. I'm. I'm. I don't know. Maybe that's just my generation. 
You don't doodle? I don't doodle no more. You don't write down. I know you said what the work says something funny. Let me write this down. (laughs) And uh, then I can have a retort. You don't do that? uh, No, I have an outliner for that. And by the way, I just remember the funny stuff. I don't don't need to write it down. I'm pretty good that way. And John, happy National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month to you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, this is bully. Uh, <laughs> no, no, bully you got you. You got to say it with me. National Bullying Prevention <laughs> Awareness Month. It National the- Bullying Prevention Awareness Month. That it, would, so, in other words, you're supposed to be aware of what? Of, <laughs> of bullying. That it's going on everywhere. It's rampant. It's happening. No, no, no. It's awareness of bullying prevention, you say. So this is not, so you're not aware of bullying. You're w- aware of, of bullying the prevention. prevention. Oh, this is a good point. Well, this is from the, uh, who, who does this? This is the National Trial Child Trauma, tra- oh, I can't even talk anymore. In support of Bullying Prevention Awareness Month, you're right, it is literally awareness of bullying prevention and not of bullying itself. The National Child Traumatic Stress Network, whoa, is providing resources for families, teens, educators, clinicians, mental health professionals, and law enforcement personnel on how to recognize, deal with, and prevent bullying. And of course, you sent out a wonderful newsletter, which uh, for those of you who are not subscribed in the show notes on every single uh, episode of uh, the No Agenda podcast, there is a link to uh, sign up for the newsletter as well. I think we even have, yeah, we have an RSS feed link if you uh, want to get it that way, although we kind of recommend getting the, the email version. And you wrote about this uh, this rather interesting YouTube video, which without a doubt went viral. I think after Ellen tweeted or tweeted it or mentioned it on her show oh, or CNN something. CNN put it on their homepage. Oh, really? Okay, so everyone's all over this. And of course, these things always seem to happen in conjunction with the month that it's being honored. I'm always amazed by how this works. What a coincidence. <laughs> now, do we want to play some of this uh, some of this clip for people who have not seen it or maybe just so we can stop it and deconstruct it so people understand uh, how this is just a setup to limiting your free speech? <laughs> well, yes, I'd like to hear the thing. Now, the, I want to point out a couple things in advance of listening, uh, which I pointed out in the newsletter that I wrote a little essay about this uh, particular clip. Uh, first of all, this woman was very, I thought, hypersensitive to an email that was just some bonehead. Yeah, you know, we get these things all the time. People calling in, you know, the show was better when you talked about wine and food. <laughs> you don't, you, hey, ever hear of post-production? Don't you know how to li- make levels even? So you have those guys. And so the, <laughs> are they bullies because they're critical? I don't know. So this guy writes in saying that she's a little overweight and she should think about it. She gets all bent out of shape. She becomes the bully. Yeah. This guy sends an individual note to her through channels, and she blasts this guy on a podium, of the, a public podium, a bully pulpit, as it were, and nobody calls her on the fact that she's now the bully. And by the way, why is it called a bully pulpit? Is that just coincidence that we were using this word in this case? No, it's it's exactly for that reason because you're up there and you have an audience, and then you can you can literally lambaste people. Love it. You can Love be a bully. It. Yeah. Well, here's uh, so t- we'll just stop this clip throughout because there's a number of things that crop up. But first of all, she reads the actual letter, 
Which I'm like, eh, I mean, I have definitely received worse every day. You for sure. <laughs> every day I get worse. I want to take a moment to address a situation that has become a talking point in this community over the past week, and especially on Facebook. Now, let's just point out that a talking point is exactly what this is, and she's not even lying here. It's a talking point. There's a memo saying, hey, it is a National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month. Here's what you got to do. That centers around me. On Friday, I received the following email from a lacrosse man with the subject line, Community Responsibility, and it reads as follows. Hi, Jennifer. It's unusual that I see your morning show, but I did so for a very short time today. I was surprised indeed to witness that your physical condition hasn't improved for many years. Surely you don't consider yourself a suitable example for this community's young people, girls in particular. Obesity is one of the worst choices a person can make and one of the most dangerous habits to maintain. Now, just hearing this alone, I don't believe a human being wrote this at I mean, of course, a human being wrote it, but this is not... This is not someone saying, hey, you're fat, get off the air. I mean, the, the, right, the, and generally the, speaking, that's what they'd say. Yeah, I mean, but these words are so carefully chosen. It's very engineered. Yes. I leave you this note hoping that you'll reconsider your responsibility as a local public personality to present and promote a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, who would... Uh, first of all, I mean, this would just go like, okay... Uh, put on spam list delete you know i wouldn't even look at that anymore and she gets all bent out of shape about this which of course is the setup to uh well some of the language she uses is extremely offensive now those of us in the media we get a healthy dose of critiques from our viewers throughout the year and we realize that it comes with having a job in the public eye but this email was more than that (laughs) well i tried my best to laugh off the very hurtful attack on my appearance how is that very hurtful? It didn't even say fat. I, I read it and read it. I didn't get it. I don't know what she's talking about. It didn't say you're fat. Just said, you know, hey, obesity yeah, is like a fat. You're ugly. Get off the air. You suck. No. Which is the kind of notes that most people would get. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, the real kind. My colleagues could not do the same, especially my husband, our six and ten anchor, Mike Thompson. Yeah. So this is like, you know, so they're, I, I don't know, man. They're like, her so husband's that, on that the right air. there was just a plug. Exactly. For the shows. <laughs> just promoting my husband. That's right. Go watch his show. And He's by good. the way, you can find him every Saturday at the <laughs> Laugh Laugh Chuck Chucks. You know what I mean? It's Mike, just like a commercial. Posted this email on his WKBT Facebook page, and what happened next has been truly inspiring. Inspiring, I tell you. Hundreds and hundreds of people have taken the time out of their day to not only lift my spirits, but take a stand that attacks like this are not okay. An attack like this is not okay. What attack? Did 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 the did the email jump out and and stick a knife in her? This is not an attack, lady. I'm sorry. It's just not an attack. Now, we're going to have more on that in just a second. But first, the truth is, the I truth. am overweight. You could call me fat. And yes. Yeah, but no one called you fat, but okay. Even obese on a doctor's chart. Nobody called her fat or obese. Uh, no, he, uh, the guy said uh, obesity is an unhealthy choice. He didn't yeah. even he didn't even call her obese per se. But okay, is it, you know, but what she's about to say next was what really irked me. But to the person who wrote me that letter, do you think I don't know that that your cruel words are pointing cruel. out something that I don't see? They're so cruel. Now, you want here, I'll tell you what, miss. 
Come read my inbox. I'll show you cruel. This is nothing. But of course, you know, we're not in the media like she is, John. We're just in the podcast. You don't know me. You are not a friend of mine. You are not a part of my family. And you have admitted that you don't watch this show. So you know nothing about me. <laughs> was she Marshall McLuhan in the Woody Allen movie Annie Hall? She sounds more like, see, that was extremely ghetto as far as I'm concerned. You don't know me. You ain't no friend of me. You don't watch my show. I mean, that was ghetto, man. That was completely like, um, you know, like, uh, like one of the daytime shows where they're beating each other over the head and pulling yeah, their weaves Jerry out. Jerry Springer. Springer. Totally Springer. All right. But what you see on the outside, and I am much more than a number on a scale. And here is where I want Who all of us... She was a number on a scale. <laughs> Nobody. This is the... <laughs> God. To learn something from this. Psycho! Okay, but here comes the egregious part. If you didn't already know, October is National Anti-Bullying Month. And this... Oh, how coincidental! ...is a problem. By the way, it's, it's, she's wrong. It's not Anti-Bullying Month. No. You're correct. It's anti-bullying prevention no, it's, awareness. No, it's not man. anti. Huge there's, difference. Hello, there's no anti at all. The, uh, the word anti is not even in there. It's National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month. Let's listen again. From this. If you didn't already know, October is National Anti-Bullying Month. No, it's not. Now, please, everyone, write her a note and tell her that she's wrong. It is National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month. And this is a problem that is growing every day in our schools and, here and it on comes. the internet. It is a major issue in the lives of young people today. And as the mother of three young girls, <sighs> it scares me to death. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. Now, I am a grown woman. And luckily for me, I have a very thick skin. Literally, as that email pointed out. Seems and otherwise. not. <laughs> yeah, really. And that man's words mean nothing to me. Uh, really? Oh, oh, right. It only meant that she's going to do an hour on it. <laughs> an hour segment with her husband at 6 and 10, everybody. But what really angers me about this is there are children who don't know better, who get emails as critical as the one I received, or in many cases, even worse, each and every day. The uh, to get, tell them to show them how to delete email and put people on a spam list. The Internet has become <laughs> a weapon. There we go. That's what I was waiting for. Thank you very much. The internet has become a weapon, John. A weapon. And these words are, are dangerous. Our schools have become a battleground. And our schools a battleground. So this is... Yeah. Uh, now, along with the... Actually, an, uh, another story comes along with this. Because this, of course, is all part of internet freedom. And uh, this is, uh, you're going to see this coming in legislation. Hillary Clinton is a big part of this. Internet freedom, which of course equates into internet legislation, is about what you can and cannot say and what is freedom of speech, and this is being restricted. So uh, in this case, this woman goes off, and there's another two minutes of it. We j I mean, it's, just, it's all the same stuff, so I don't think we need to listen to it. She goes off about someone saying, hey, you know, uh, your obesity is a choice. Didn't call her fat, didn't even call her obese per se, but it was so hurtful apparently, and these are weapons, and, and this happens in schools, and therefore, you know, that's a battleground. But I want you to know that here's um, this is a, a report from AP. This is uh, uh, the head of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation did an interview with Associated Press about um, how people in general speak about the Prophet Muhammad, Muhammad, 
And this, of course, is in relation to the uh, movie The Innocence of Muslims. Right. And they are saying this... Uh, the, nobody's seen. So this is the OIC, which I believe is also one of those unnamed defendants in the, uh, in, in, in the whole Muslim Brotherhood uh, trial from a couple of years ago. Um, so they want this to stop, that you cannot speak uh, poorly of the Prophet Muhammad. Quote here from the article... We're not saying stop free speech. We are saying stop hate speech. And, 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 and this is being taken seriously by people. And if, and if you listen to what President Obama and uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton are saying, they're going along these lines of saying, hey, free speech is great, but you know, we don't talk down about any religion. Well, yes, we do, and yes, we should be able to. But this is slowly being, inch by inch, is being pushed back, and this is happening all over the place, right in front of your eyes. And there are actual laws on the books now in several states that forbid this free speech, and we have to be very, very wary of it. Well, there's even a movement to get a... Uh international have the un pass an international law banning blasphemy yeah i think we've talked about this yeah this is this is the uh, part of the internet freedom yeah blasphemy now what exactly is the definition of blasphemy and and when does that become illegal and is it even illegal in uh, in in any part well is it illegal it's not illegal in the u.s is it uh no but it's illegal in pakistan Okay. And it's illegal in most Muslim countries. In fact, it's punishable by death. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's take a look at the, the, the dictionary de- definition. Okay. The act or offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God or sacred things. And it can also be profane talk. Hmm. Yeah, cussing would be uh, depending. But if you, uh, if you use uh, certain kinds of... Combination swear words is bad. I suppose if you went past a, a mosque, technically in uh, some part of uh, the Middle East, and said, "Boy, that's an ugly mosque," I think <laughs> that would probably be qualify. Give that thing some paint. Um, <laughs> so you can't make uh, architectural criticism. And here's what this guy, this uh, Ishan Golu, says. Now, Ishan Golu again is the head of the. Uh, Organization of Islamic Cooperation, who have quite a big uh, outfit here in the United States. If the Western world fails to understand the sensitivity of the Muslim world, then we are in trouble. Uh, that, by the way, I think is a veiled threat. Who said that? This is the um, the head, I guess that's the the chairman or whatever, of the Organization of, of Islamic Cooperation. These guys are all, you know, they're, they're here in Washington, the OIC. The OIC is a very big organization. And they are, uh, in fact, uh, let me see where they are. Organization of, it's the OIC. We've talked about them before. Yeah, it's been a while. The Islamic Cooperation. Um, and, you know, so you know, for Associated Press to pick this up and really not even challenge it. Just saying, okay, all right, well, there you go. Just, uh, you know, you have more. This This is very funny. Talk about religious. uh, You got to go to the wiki page on this thing. Talk about religious tolerance. They have a world map with the member states, the observer states, and the blocked states. You (laughs) cannot be a member. 
blocked state, of course, is India. Right. They can't be a member. They're not allowed. <laughs> They're blocked. 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 No service for you. No service for you. Get out. You can't be a member. The whole country is evil. That's funny. That is cool. Ah, well. <laughs> it is quite humorous. Yeah, so, and so, of course, nothing. none of this came up in the uh, debate last night, which I guess uh, we should probably talk about. Ugh. Oh, wait, before well, we do that, thank- wh- why don't we thank some producers first? Because this is we're going to have to go we- through this. Yeah, good idea. Who do we, we have, have, John? We uh, turn out for our producers. Oh, thank goodness. What do we have? Possibly, for, yeah, thank goodness. Possibly because of the fantastic uh, newsletter. <laughs> or, or because of that great show. I think just the great show we had last time. I think it's a combo. Yeah, it's a com- it has to be the news that I Unless they want us to do a crappy show more often. <laughs> then the, the, yay, like hey. your response to one of the emails. Yay, hey, for the newsletter, I'd say. Some guy says, hey, that uh, thing sucked. It, it, it was a very hurtful letter, by the way. Oh, I got very a lot hurtful. of hurtful. I got a lot it, of hurtful it, 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 you, of course. Yeah. This show sucked. It was Dunk, it was, why don't you do a better job? And you said, I'd rather go on vacation when I'm on the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, didn't you think that was an appropriate response? Yeah, it was a quick, quick, it was actually a screw you response, but it was, it was good. Well, I've learned from the Adam best. Adam Johnson in Plymouth, Minnesota will be one of our executive. We have one, two, three executive producers and one, two, three associate executive producers for today's show. Four, four, nine. Adam Johnson in Plymouth, Minnesota. Four, three, one, six, seven. In the morning, John and Adam, thank you for everything that you do. do. Uh, the donation should finish off my knighthood and bring me up to $1,004.12, which is today's date. Woo! And my 30th birthday, it's funny, it is 10-4-12. And my, that was creative. And my 30th birthday, in addition to the donation, a birthday present to myself is me traveling to Gitmo Nation Sushi over my birthday. So some wow. travel karma would be a appreciated. And hopefully I have access to some internet over there so I can keep up with the show and all the crazy things going on. Uh, wow, I like that's that's, that's kind of cool. Geishas get... and Saki. You have to put down the list now. Uh, okay. Geishas and Saki, you know, when you say yeah. your thing. Yeah. Thanks again. Uh, and he's got all his numbers. Okay. So, um, hold on a second. Let me just put that down there. Ge- Geishas and Saki. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. I, I, but how cool is it that, um, that we have listeners that can give themselves a present of going to Gitmo Nation Sushi, sushi for, uh, for their birthday? Yeah. That's not bad. Let me hand out the karma here. Here we go. You've got karma. Nice. Thank you so much. That support is appreciated. Uh, Then we have Matthias Anderson. Yeah, I think it's Matthias. I think it's Matthias. Matthias, I think it is. Matthias. Matthias, yes. 42033, and you want some karma. Okay. You've got karma. Then we have Frank Azenstart from Armandale, Victoria, Canada, 333. Hello, John and M. Seems like a good time to get my knighthood having done a couple of AEP donations and it gives us some accounting. Um, let's see. Seeing you both will be suffering through the amusing choice of leader of the free world for the next four years. Of course, he's in Canada. Will hopefully enable you both to just get by a little longer. Hope the amazing uh, thank or keep up the amazing work because it doesn't seem likely the real media has the attention span to focus on anything meaningful for more than about two minutes, unless it's Kate's boobies, of course. Woo-hoo! Now officially a member of the roundtable, uh, and props if you can pronounce my surname correctly. Uh, I th- I would say it's a uh, 
Okay, here's a couple of things. One, when I see a guy challenge me to do the names, I do some research. (laughs) There is no research on this name. The best somebody came up with is that it's an Anglicized version of an old uh, uh, Hebrew name, and he and he surmises it's possibly pronounced as in start. Really, but, uh, but there's, there's no R in Stott. there. Yeah, I don't, I don't it's see. That, that's what I would have pronounced it. But it sounded like "start" is what you really want to say. Hmm, yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, but it, well, he'll, he'll he's he's yucking it up right now. Yeah, and he's I'll actually and I'll, in uh, Melbourne, Australia. And I'll get to uh, pronounce his, I'll get to pronounce his last uh, name. I thought in a it was Canada. I'm wrong. Oh, Paul Sinkowski, Winooski, Vermont, three hundred nine seventy seven. John and Adam trying to get my knighthood finished by this end of the show. Apparently he's he didn't make it according to our accounting. He's going to have to uh, debate this later. I think he's <laughs> no five bucks short. According uh-huh. to the note, yeah. Rick Cable, Paul will figure this out. You can be Sunday. Sunday it's a good day. Rick Cable, Modesto, California, three hundred dollars. Uh, the finditclassifieds dot com guy. I've been uh, so busy coding for the last month that I've fallen behind in, on my sleep and listening to the greatest podcast in the universe. I'm going to get caught up today on your podcast because sleep can wait. Thanks for the link to my site on the show notes for the last executive producer credit. Well, I guess we'll do that again. Yep. How about some karma for the website and two to the head for the bad guys in Libya? Oh, all right. Here we go with some karma. You've got karma. And for the guys in Libya... Busy in Toronto, Ontario, 259, another associate executive producer. My two cents on the issue is that it's a very good idea to get caught up on past episodes for two reasons. One, there are all kinds of... He's actually not caught up in the newsletter because it was two weeks ago for that. Uh, One reason, there are all kinds of running jokes and memes in the show that a newbie like me might miss. And two, there's some real gold in there, even as the chatter on the interwebs deconstruction or Adams in Yemen meme in episode 259, which wow. is what you donated that amount <laughs> wow. of money, yeah. that made me laugh until I cried. I don't even remember that gag. Promote the No Agenda Nation archive more. It's awesome. <laughs> Dedouching and karma is what he's looking for. Bitches, he says. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I... I would also like to point out we have the allshows.nashownotes.com, allshows.nashownotes.com, and that also leads to an entire archive, and of course you can find that on the No Agenda Nation as well. Douchebag. Oops. Sorry. That wasn't for you, Sizzy. Sorry. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. You should move the douchebag button away from the de-douching button, yeah, that's it seems a good, to me. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, sh- I shall do that right after the show. I'm sorry. No, don't bother. Yeah, yeah it's one of so, those things. So, uh, I'm just I'm, saying. I'm just going to reconnect Someday real... you can do it. You don't I'm gonna, do it right now. I'm going to reconnect. Anyway, I want to thank all these uh, executive and associate executive producers for contributing to show 449. And want to thank them and remind people to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com. There's donate buttons on both those sites. Also, channeldvorak.com slash... N-A and uh, org slash N-A, which is our main donation page, which tends to be more up-to-date than anything else. Uh, we really appreciate the continued support. Yeah, and this is, a, this is actually a very good showing. We highly appreciate that. And, of course, these are actual credits, just like the ones you get in Hollywood. A big difference is, of course, if you need you know to have some uh, someone who's uh, doing a production in Hollywood vouch for your executive producer or associate executive producer credit, you can never find them again. So 
unlike those p- pussies we actually will vouch for you. Uh, John, I'm just going to disconnect from you real quick and reconnect while I tell everyone else that you can go out and propagate our formula, please. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, little kid. There we go. There we go. Yeah, we we were just in one of those simplex modes. This is, uh, we're not going to, you know, we'll just deal with it for what it is, but uh, this is... Actually, just reconnect on and off. I think a lot of these things are time-constrained nowadays. What do you mean a time-constraint? You know, they go, hey, they've been on for 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, screw them up. Screw them up a little bit. They've been talking too long on our free connection. We're Microsoft. We don't need to be paying for your connection, shitheads. <laughs> so uh, that's exactly the way they talk. That's exactly. Yeah. Wait, no, actually, it's like developers, developers. They're not developers. Cut them off. That's probably how it goes. All right, the debate. Yeah. So, um, wow. Well, let's let's start off at the beginning. Okay. Well, I, but, well, I can I can I just give you my overall assessment, and then you can run through it because I have no clips, and I'm I'm dying to hear what you think. Can I just give you my? Curry Dvorak Media Consulting oh. Group uh, analysis. Uh, this was perfectly timed. This is exactly what we needed. We had Romney um, apparently uh, in the media 10, 12, I think it was 300 points behind Obama. And we still have four weeks to go. I mean, an incredible 30 days to go. We have to have a, we have to have a horse race here, ladies and gentlemen. So I think they literally went to uh, Obama's team and said, you got to throw the match, son. You got to throw it because we need to bring this. But this thing's going to be tight. We got commercials. We got people. We got to keep interested. And I think it worked out beautifully. They did a great job. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are saying that. And I think Obama's campaign didn't have to be told anything because they said somebody went up, and said, "You know all that money we've been getting, <laughs> and now that we're leading, we're not getting any money anymore. You want to get money? Oh, that's a good way to look at it too. You just because because he was floundering, so now he needed more money, and then you do that." Well, he, yeah, Romney was floundering, and then so... I mean, I'm Obama, sorry. I'm, they, I'm sorry. They, people stopped giving Obama money. Right, because once he's up... What are you going to give him money? He's, he's a shoe-in. Right. That's very possible. So whatever the case, Obama crapped out. He's, he did a terrible job, and he got beaten on every point. But he, I think the, the guy who really lost the, the debate, though, was Jim Lair. Oh, Wow. He he lost it from the get-go. He, In fact, Jim Lair, I heard him talking during the debate, just like I hear that parrot in the background when you're talking. That was about all you could hear of the guy. Yeah, no, he's always going, uh, 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 uh. He's trying to get a word in edgewise. These two guys are like machines. You know what I found very interesting? Um, now, we were in the hotel here last night. Now, uh, both Mickey and I are actually a little bit under the weather. Mickey's actually quite ill from i just los angeles air i guess god knows what's going on there so we're in bed we're kind of like you know shivering kind of not feeling well the debate's on much later here nine thirty or nine o'clock and uh, so we're watching i'm like i'm just gonna follow twitter and just follow the hashtag you know what is it debate or debates what was fascinating to me is people who were clearly um for romney were surprised they're like uh Wow! Yeah, hey, he's doing good. Ah, oh, Romney is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's rocking. Oh, and then uh, the Obama supporters—they were just like, "Oh, Romney's rich. 
<laughs> Show him Bin Laden's skull, man. You know, they were just like, and like he must be wearing his magic underwear. It was just, it was like no one had any anything to say that had any substance on either side. I think this was a perfect example of confusing the audience. Great job on doing that, by the way. Well, so we have um, a couple of things I, I ran into that I thought were interesting. I, do, I couldn't find the one clip, which I had some, it's buried in a long clip, but I, was, I didn't have time to listen for another hour, uh, where Romney tells one of his personal anecdotes where a person comes up to him. Oh, uh, and another said, person who's and in said, a wheelchair? And calls him, and he, the way he says, he says, the person comes up to me and he says, and I've got a real problem here with my <laughs> daughter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, this was somebody that went up to Anne, not him. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't tell the story right. Yeah. That clip is out there. People look for it. I'm surprised that wasn't everyone didn't jump on that one. But at the very beginning, Jim Lair, I swear to God, I was watching this, and you can hear it in the clip that did Lair forget Romney's name. The, he's inviting both of them up. They're both coming out at the same time, and he, for some reason, freezes. Say. Play it. There is a noise exception right now, though, as we welcome President Obama and Governor Romney. That's <laughs> uh, a brain freeze, man. Uh, uh, what am I going to call him? I what am I going to call him? Brain freeze. And the other thing is, what is this no noise? So well, nobody was allowed to laugh. Yeah. Nobody was allowed to applaud. It was just crap. Well, this and is so Obama starts this starts his thing off early and tries to get kind of a laugh. With this no left for Obama clip, and he and it bombs, and it it turns the mood of the debate into just a depressing, boring piece of crap. Well, this is um, uh, I would say that this is the mistake that was made, and well, I'll, I'll give you my analysis after we play this. If you didn't hear this, this was indeed this this set the mood from the get go, and and right at the top, I'm like, okay, it's all over. President, you go first. Well, thank you very much, Jim, for this opportunity. I want to thank Governor Romney and the University of Denver for your hospitality. Uh, there are a lot of points I want to make tonight, but uh, the most important one is that uh, 20 years ago I became the luckiest man on earth because Michelle Obama agreed to marry me. And so uh, I just want to wish, uh, sweetie, uh, you happy anniversary and let you know that a year from now we will not be celebrating it in front of 40 million people. Uh, you know, four years ago, we went through... Okay, so, so here, here's what happened on this. Um, now, Obama it can really deliver a line. You write the lines for him. We've seen it at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. He's great. And he can, he can entertain a room. In fact, uh, he can even overdo it a little bit when he has too much written for him. This is an old line. He's been using this married up thing. We've been playing the clip time and time again on this show. He uses it all the time. Oh, I'm so lucky. Michelle's so smart. He married, she married me. I'm so dumb. And, we all, and the, the media was blanketed that this was there. Uh, this was whoever set this up for him was so stupid. Unless, of course, it was meant to be. Um, they, the media was blanketed with, "Oh, this is their anniversary." And then when Lehrer says, "We're not going to laugh, we're not going to cheer, we're going to be really quiet," and right off the bat, when we're talking about the first question is a very serious question, he takes twenty seconds to go like, "Oh, it's my twentieth anniversary," and she was so smart. He could have known that this was going to fall flat, and then Romney picks it up later and 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 hammers it home by saying well too bad you're gonna have to like celebrate your wedding anniversary with me this was 
And John, if we had sat down and said, let's write this, we could not have done better. This was perfect. Yes, I agree. Actually, Romney's comeback was good, and it didn't need a big laugh. It was just kind of snide, and it was good. It was on. It was. It, it made it, it personalized them a little bit. But the whole thing, this whole no noise deal, this is no good. No, Obama What's needs it. What's the point of having an audience? Obama needs it. What's the point of having an audience if the audience can't respond? There is no point. What's the point? There is no point. Why are they there? <laughs> you can't hear me, can you? <laughs> I no, I could hear you were mumbling something. I, I keep saying there is no point, and uh, it's exactly what Obama needs is an audience. This is how he thrives on this. He really, really, he, at a certain point, he was on autopilot, man. He was like, uh, fair shot, fair chance, pay your fair share. He was just like throwing, at a certain point, he was explaining Romney's position. He was explaining yes. how Romney care worked. Are you insane? In a debate, you yes, don't true. explain how the other guy's position it works. That was, I mean, this is elementary. He would have failed debate class with this. This was, this was thrown plain and simple. And by the way, I, uh, the chat room is right. They think we actually did write this last night, and I think we should cop to it. <laughs> so, to make the thing more ludicrous, here is Lair uh, trying to get control of the thing after he's lost control. <laughs> he loses control right away. Yeah. And here's Lair pushed aside. This was the way the debate actually went most of the time. That uh, we can afford to do a little bit more to make sure we're not blowing up the deficit. Jim, the, the, the president began this segment, so I think I get the last word. So <laughs> well, I'm going to take. You're going to get the first right. word in the next. Segment. Well, but, but he gets the first word of that segment. I get the last word of that segment. I hope. Let me just make this comment. Uh, first of all, let me repeat. Let me repeat what I said. Sorry. I'm not in favor of a five trillion dollar tax cut. That's not my plan. My plan is not to put in place. So I was looking on Twitter when this happened, and uh, here's what people were were tweeting and retweeting. Oh, Jim, I have money. I get to talk. Shut up. Like, that has nothing to do with it. It's just poorly moderated. He just let he just let these guys walk all over his head. I have one in here somewhere that uh, where he's going on and they're going on and on and and you could keep you can hear Lair in the background trying yeah, to interrupt. Talking. You keep hearing. Uh, it's uh, it's funny because I was like, wow, it's just like he's on Skype, like John and I, because you know they don't hear him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm noticing that we are on. This is a du- they. I think this is part of the new Skype. I think they've duplexed these calls because you're right. And because you were talking a minute ago, and I decided to just make a noise, and it cut you out for about a, uh, just a couple of milliseconds. Yeah, that's okay. So this may be the Romney Obama back and forth clip. I'm presuming that would be it. This could be play with a lot of people, one. but it's just not the case. Look, I got five boys. I'm used to people saying something that's not always true, but just keep on repeating it and ultimately hoping I'll believe it. But that that is not the case. All right. I, I will not reduce the taxes paid by high income Americans. And number three, I will not under any circumstances raise taxes on middle income families. I will lower taxes on middle income families. Now, you cite a study. There's six other studies that looked at the study you described and say it's completely wrong. I saw a study that came out today that said you're going to raise taxes. Is this the clip? Because it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I don't think, I think so. <laughs> no. Well, so I, I think we can fairly, uh, fairly well assess, unless you have more clips, that this was... Well, uh, you got to play the one. Oh, which one? Back to the matter. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually woke Mickey up when I heard that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, <laughs> we use the same advisors, and they say it's the same plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same plan. Come on, fact of the matter. Fact, fact, fact. And everybody, of course. Let, I, it, let it play. There's two of them. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize there was two. Here we go. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, we use the same advisors, and they say it's the same plan. The fact of the matter is that <laughs> when Obamacare is fully implemented, and that's not edited. No, no, that was no. That those are two different clips from two different parts oh, okay. of the speech. But All there right. was two right. other ones that I couldn't catch. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was resorting to. He was really resorting to stuff. And do you remember? Do you remember that debate when um, when George W. Bush had a receiver? Uh, like a receiving radio pack uh, underneath yeah. his jacket. Obama had yeah. one on too. I saw it at the very end. Oh, yes, sir. Really? Yep. Now I haven't had time. You know, of course, I don't have my DVR here, etc. But you know, at the end, and the families come up, and everyone's you know hugging. They're all pretending to like each other. You know, like kind of like the wrestlers do at the end of the match. Like, hey, man, oh, I love you, man. Oh, yeah, whatever. And uh, by the way, how pissed off did Michelle look? <laughs> Wow, she looked really pissed off. And um, and then I saw Obama walking away, and right there, kind of to the left uh, of the middle of his shoulder blades, I saw almost like a cigarette pack-sized something underneath his jacket. Well, that would make sense. If for what? It well, does, it, I mean, it would be the same thing. They have some advisors that like Bush. Yeah. To put this thing in him and to have a thing in his ear, inner plant, you know, a deep... Receiver, uh, which would explain to me why Obama did so poorly. But it makes no sense to me because if you're going to put uh, an implant, an ear implant, on somebody so they can hear you, can't you just put the receiver in his pocket or on his belt? Why does it have to be on his between his shoulder blades? That makes no sense. No sense to me. Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> right. But but I yeah, I, I clearly saw it. I, maybe it was his battery pack. I mean, that's possible. <laughs> just to keep him charged but i'm telling you there was something underneath his jacket i'm, I'm sure someone will find me okay how's this for an idea okay the transmitter of the, these devices which are transmit wirelessly really have a very short slow range and you can't put it in your pocket it's too far away from the receiver mm-hmm. uh, okay that's possible uh let me see obama wearing receipt let me just see if anyone else found maybe it was just his cigarettes man maybe he hasn't stopped smoking Maybe <laughs> just like I don't want Michelle to see him, man. I got him hit between my shoulder blades. <laughs> I don't know. Someone will have to look this up because I saw it clearly, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's got one of those things." And it was a lot flatter than the one that Bush had that we saw Bush have on. Newer technology. Well, I mean, it it was pathetic if that's if that's what you know if that's what that, that's what they got going on because it was just so visible. Um, anyway, I would like to remind people um, that uh, there are not just two parties in these United States. In fact, I have the list here, John, of third-party and independent candidates. I, I thought I'd just rush down the uh, the names of the parties. Can you? How many independent or third parties can you name? I can only name maybe ten, but there's probably really fifty. No, ten is pretty good. No, no I I probably don't have more than ten myself. Uh, but the ones that are serious. As in, you know, organized and uh, and have been raising funds, 
and who, of course, are not invited onto the uh, into the debates because this is a uh, a rigged system, uh, rigged by uh, what do they call it? It's the uh, the committee for the presidential debates. What do these do these guys actually pay for the debates? How does that work? Because uh, you know, they, I don't know. Hmm. It's some it's a scam. Well, this is the collusion. Both parties. Uh, of the Republicans and the Democrats have this committee. The committee, they started off, said this debate is sponsored by the election committee. So sponsored by, in the words of NPR, PBS, of course, means they paid for it. And they only invite these two candidates, except in, I guess, 92, when Ross Perot was really kicking it. And he had, you know, uh, arguably he was polling at 15 or almost 20 percent. They had to invite him into the debate. Uh, of course, that was probably a setup, and we weren't doing the show at the time. We would have analyzed it. Um, but people don't. I mean, in Europe, I, t- I asked people, said, do you know that you can vote for many other parties? They go, no. What are you talking about? You only have Republicans or Democrats, right? I said, no. They don't even know this, John. People in our own country don't know that we have America's Independent Party, American Third Position Party, the Constitution Party, the Green Party, Justice Party, the Libertarian Party. The Objectivist Party. That's one for me. I'm liking this. i got to check those guys out. The Party of ah. Socialism and Liberation. Peace and Freedom Party. That's uh, Roseanne Barr's uh, party. The Prohibition Party. The Reform Party USA. Socialist Party USA. Socialist Equality Party. Socialist Workers Party. And then you have a whole bunch of uh, independents. And I would like to play a clip... <coughs> From Gary Johnson, who is out... Uh, you okay? Yeah, I've just got a sneeze thing there. All right. Here's a, a clip from Gary Johnson, who... Well, you listen, and, and I'll tell you what I think. By the way, here's a, a comment via Twitter. Gary Johnson writes, one viewer, is this election cycle's Ross Perot? He'll help get Obama get a second term. What do you think? Oh. <coughs> Well, in four states, they've actually put this to the question. Uh, In New Mexico and in Colorado, I take more votes away from Obama. In North Carolina and Michigan, I take more votes away from Romney. Uh, I'll just say that I think a wasted vote is voting for somebody that you don't believe in. That's a wasted vote. And I want to make a pitch here this morning. Uh, I want to make a pitch that everybody go out and waste their vote on me, Gary Johnson, (laughs) And you know what? I'm the next president of the United States. And uh, based on my resume, there is nothing to suggest that not only can I do this job, but that I would do a really good job at it. Now, was it just me, or did he sound actually wasted? <laughs> he really did. He, he always sounds a little wasted. He really sounded a bit wasted. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought, I thought Jim Lehrer sounded wasted on the debate. Now, Jim... Jim uh, is going to get a lot of criticism from his uh, uh, from his peers. His uh, you know Anderson Pooper, of course, will criticize him. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to say as it relates to this, because of course this whole it was rather boring. It was like you're going to do this. No, I'm not. I'm going to do this. This that this that. I don't think the um, I don't think many people really were that interested. You know, I was looking for you know, hey man, don't drone me. You know, like, uh, don't lock me up. You know, all the kinds of things that that are really important to us. Like, hey, let's quit bombing brown people who live in the sand. You know, just uh, stuff like that. And there was nothing. 
Well, there was nothing at all. It was supposed to be, a, don't forget, this. the theme of this one was supposed to be domestic policy, which again, where was the talk about spying? No, no. Oh, where was please, the, please. Where was the talk about DHS? Please, none of that, none of that. Uh, there was a little bit of... Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Just wanted to let you know that I actually found it, and I put it on the mobile rig. Um, but there was a lot of talk about Obamacare and Romney care and the back and forth. And I, at this point, and you know, I don't know if what you were watching. I was watching CNN. And I was watching the little squiggly lines, which was really cool. It was like being on drugs. And they had this little line that goes up for men or for women if they like it or if they don't like it. I'm just kind of like zoning out on that. Um, <laughs> but woe is me, my friend, if Romney gets in and uh, and he implements Romney care. Um, this was, uh, I have a clip here from C-SPAN, which was brought to my attention by Baroness Maggie. Remember uh, Maggie in uh, Virginia who lent us the RV? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, now this is C-SPAN. Uh, this is the the call-in show that none of our producers ever feel uh, like calling in on, where they can get all this great stuff going and in the mornings, etc. So they never do that. And they have on Christine McConville, and she is the uh, the, the her beat at the Boston Herald is uh, apparently Obamacare or healthcare in general. And this question comes in. Uh, which I'm going to play for you, and she has no. She's a bumbling idiot. She has no clue. She, she the the whole interview is sad that they even put her on. She had no business being there. And you you should watch this. It's linked in the show notes at four four nine dot You should watch it just to see how uninformed and stupid the media really are. And this woman writes about healthcare. Um, and then we looked up what is mentioned here. This is remember now Romney Care is in Massachusetts. It's, uh, in fact, relatively similar to Obamacare. But listen to what this guy says, and then I've got the uh, relevant legislation here for you. Good morning. Um, I think there's another way that they're getting revenue from this, which a lot of people don't know about, and it happens to my father. He was elderly, he had a head injury, and was on health, um, mass health for a short period of time. And he had money in the stock market, and... They didn't tell him that he he didn't have that, or he probably wasn't even in the right condition to know this stuff. But um, after he passed, they um, put a claim in for every penny that he had when I was in uh, probate, and are um, going after his house. And I'm sure this happens to a lot of elderly people that really don't understand it. They they think that they have to be on mass health, and they don't have anyone that really fully explains it. And he really had no idea what he was doing, and we weren't around enough to be able to really get into it. And actually, we didn't even know he was on mass health at the time. But I think this is happening to a lot of people. They're losing their house. They're losing, um, you know, money from that, that, that their children should be getting or grandchildren. And I would like to know if there's any anything on that amount, of, like how much they're getting from things from that type of uh, behavior. Thanks, Dave. Let's go to Chris. I don't know. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing this. Your father, you said he was elderly. Wouldn't he be on um, a government program for the elderly, like Medicare? Man. I'm sorry, we don't have him on the line anymore, but t- talk to us talk oh, us through okay. that. Uh, how, how does uh, that work in Massachusetts? Is it any different than any place else in the country? Well, I, I, I don't know the particulars of Dave's circumstance, but from what I heard, I just, it doesn't, the... Um, 
she, if you're elderly, if I think you hear that she has no clue, right? And and now she's fumbling. Yeah, and, she's dumb. Yeah, this is a report. I just play a little. I just it, it tickles me to hear these reporters who don't know crap. I don't know what the age is. It of course depends on when you yeah, opt right. in. Yeah, the opt government in, whatever um, yeah, program yeah, for yeah, older yeah. people. Yeah, you don't know. So here it is. Um, and I read to you directly from uh, the mass.gov website. This is MassGov. This is their uh, their health. Yeah, Mass Health. Estate recovery. You're going to love this, John. This is great. Be very happy you're not in Massachusetts. Mass Health has the right to get back money from the estates of Mass Health members after they die. In general, wow. in general, the money that must be repaid is for service paid by Mass Health for a member after the member turned age 55 or for a member who is any age and for whom Mass Health paid for care in a nursing home. Uh, certainly, uh, so, uh, if real property like a home must be sold to get money to repay Mass Health, Mass Health in limited circumstances may decide that the estate does not need to pay Mass Health. The property must be left to a person. Blah 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 blah. So this, this is n- yeah. This uh, actually, Mimi, uh, when when my mother died, we looked into a bunch of these things. Uh, actually, before where she was being hospitalized, and some of the tricks they're trying to pull. Uh, it turns out that that particular uh, legis- that particular rule is in play almost everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, Medi-Cal in California will take your house. Really? Yeah, and I, I guess the Medicare system is also equipped to do the same thing. And it all has to do with the way you were um, hospitalized. If you are hospitalized for a continuous period of... The, there's there's something about like I don't remember the details. I'm gonna I was gonna write a little paper on it, but you know me. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's forthcoming, everybody. Don't worry. Right along with the education stuff. It's, apparently, there's these rules about like for example, if you get hospitalized for 30 days, it's con- you are considered to have abandoned your property, and they can take it. What? Yeah, I'm telling you, there's a bunch of this stuff. <laughs> this whole medical thing and the government include. In, uh, Wow. The, this is the only reason why, you know, people should really think about the single payer. These are all scams. This whole all these insurance deals and the government insurance and all the rest of it is just a just, just a complete ripoff. Well, you will be scammed if you're not careful. So this is uh, I didn't even know this was going on in Medicaid. Um but you know, it's just like, wow, you know, and and is this what we're going to get? We're going to get more of this? And the, you know, the guy had kids. But he took all his stocks, sold all of that. I mean, what is the point of of paying taxes or paying insurance or a combination, and then you know, then it pays off because you got sick or whatever, and then they turn right around and say, "Okay, hello, I'm here to collect." And that's messed up, man. That's totally. That's totally <laughs> it's worse than you think. We really start looking into it. It's just amazing. Some of this, the, just as t- terrible. In fact, if anyone has someone who's older and they and there there's some issues, uh, there are lawyers that specialize specialize in dealing with this, and you have to track one of them down and start using because they'll tell you because you're, you're going to be asked, for example, um, somebody will call and they, the the way it works at Kaiser is that they have these people called social workers. Uh-oh. And a social worker does nothing for you. Uh, their whole scam is to get you to get the patient out of their system. Right. And they do everything they can to do that. And once you have one of these attorneys, and they just say, don't talk to them, kind of thing. <laughs> 
it's just like it, it's just amazing. It, 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 I, I really I'm remiss for not writing up more of these details. It's I feel bad about it now. Well, I'm reading uh, as the chat room is kind of scrolling by. There, uh, the, it looks like uh, Marilyn has this. I mean, you're right. It looks like this is not not something completely uh, foreign or new. But then you know, here's I mean, why are you hearing about this on this crappy podcast? And when this woman from the Boston Herald isn't that supposed to be a real publication, the Boston Herald? Is that like a is there any prestige to that or not? Yeah, it's it's a second rate uh, uh, major market newspaper in Boston, uh, right. second to the Boston Globe. Right. Well, she doesn't know crap. Well, hello. <laughs> but this is going on like everywhere, and and uh, oh well, I should give up. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Why am I even bothering? It's horrible. Why am I even bothering? It's horrible. Yeah. What's going on in this country in terms of scamming the public with you know all the legislative people involved? It's just it's horrible. Did you see this PDF that came out uh, from the Asymmetric Warfare Group, which I thought first was like some kind of 5013C scam uh, nonprofit, but it's actually the Asymmetric Warfare Group is a part of the military. Have you ever heard of this, AWG? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess what they do is they, they publish reports and they give that to other arms of the military and try and help them understand. And uh, it seems like kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a part PR agency, part training company. Yeah, it's kind of like that Rubicon operation. Yeah, see, I've never watched Rubicon, so I, 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 don't, I don't know what it so is. I have no idea. You can stream it free from Amazon. Oh, thank you. If you're a Prime member, no doubt. Yes. So they released a tactical reference guide to radicalization into violent extremism. And, and I'm pretty sure you haven't seen this yet. Um, but it, So it has, uh, it has a nice little handy little flow chart, which I figured we might as well just talk about for a moment. So the, from left to right, we have observe personal issues, flag possible radicalization, and then action prior to violent activity. So this is a, um, a helpful guide. In fact, uh, let me just read this to you. There's no way to be 100% certain that an individual is becoming radicalized to the point that they may be considered violent action, uh, may be considering violent action. However, recent experiences show that there are certain warning signs or early indicators worth review. The information below is a general guide for military personnel and leaders at every level, that would be you, John, to give the user a basic understanding of when further action may be warranted. So I'm thinking maybe we should just check this to make sure that you know you are doing your civic duty of making sure that I am uh, not radic- self-radicalizing and that you should yeah. uh, take action. I should c- call somebody for a pre-crime crime. Okay. <laughs> are you ready to run through this? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm judging you. Yes, you're judging. Of course. I mean, why would you judge anyone else? Okay, so we go from so first we observe the the personal issues, and I'm going from left to right uh, horizontally across each of these uh, issues. Number one, complains about bias. Oh yeah, you yes. Okay, now now I go to the flag possible radicalization table. Is symp- sympathetic to radical groups. Yes. Okay, and then action prior to violent activity. Suddenly acquires weapons. <laughs> Yeah, you did that. <laughs> so that's just the first line, John. How are we doing so far? <laughs> you're you're horrible. Okay, now we're going back to the left. Advocates violence beyond what is normal. 
No. No, I don't do that. Visits extremist websites or blogs. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> For research. That, that's a tough one because it depends on what an extremist. I don't know what an extremist blog is. I mean, is, is Ike's uh, Ike, David Ike? Oh, oh, that would be extremist. No, but I also visit websites and blogs for research, you know, or whatever. Okay, well, okay. I'll say yes to that. All right. Organizes protests inspired by extremist ideology. No, I don't ha! do that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Exhibits abrupt behavioral shifts. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. By the way, I could say the same for you. Establishes, w- establishes website or blog to display extremist views. Yes, yeah. well, let's say, is there no agenda show an extremist view? <laughs> yes, I think so. I think every so show notes. Blog? Yeah, I would say, okay, yeah. I would say yes, every, that's a borderline. That's though. it, yeah. Takes part in criminal activity or has trouble with law enforcement. Well, it's an or question. Yeah, of course I have trouble with law enforcement. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. That's, that's bad, but yeah. you'd have to give it a yes. Yeah. I need empowerment. <laughs> uh, that's just bisexual curiosity thing ah, there I you think go. That's yes by curious speaks about seeking revenge yeah all the time advocates I don't know that you do that uh, but this goes on and on and on i'll just give you a couple more just cherry pick them it's basically describing most people yeah so you're supposed to observe notified chain of command of ideologies that could threaten Unit cohesion. Oh, this is for if you're in a unit. Counsel in an effort to help and assist with personal needs. And the whole thing, yeah, radical. It's just the whole thing is like, it's basically everybody. Just put it out there. Well, I don't know if you're in a unit, how much time you have to surf the internet, but I guess it could happen. Yeah, and, and start a, an extremist thing. You've got to know that they're watching you. Yeah. Well, they're totally watching me. That's duh. Okay, that's it. Uh, we could go on and on, but it's this, it's more of the same thing. The uh, all right, let's go into another topic. All right. Um, I got this is kind of like an ask, Adam. I found this story to be quite weird for a number of reasons. There was this huge party in Oakland. They took over the parking lot of of the Raider Stadium. And play this clip, a giant rave in Oakland. It may go down as one of the most epic parties the Bay Area has ever seen. It was so loud it could be heard for miles. Police departments were flooded with complaints, thousands of them. In fact, San Leandro police got so many calls that they sent out an alert telling people to stop calling 911 and call Oakland police instead. Here's CBS 5 reporter Phil Matier. It was billed as Beyond Wonderland, an electronic dance in the Oakland Coliseum parking lot the other night that not only attracted thousands of ravers, but also thousands of complaints. The party blasted megadecibel dance music that rattled windows and families as far away as San Lorenzo, seven and a half miles away. This Alameda street is four and a half miles from the Coliseum, but on the night of the rave, it was anything but quiet. Just constant thumping with all the windows rattling. My wife was out 
neighbors, everybody was out in the street. By coincidence, one of the people who live on this street is Alameda County Supervisor Wilma Chan, who got an extra earful that night. Well, it was extremely loud um, from 6 to 2 a.m., and I actually started getting calls at my house at 1 a.m. in the morning. What were they saying? They said, if we're going to stay awake, you're going to stay awake. (laughs) All right. Okay, here's the deal. Yeah. There are, because of OSHA and other things, there are numerous laws on the books about decibel levels in any enclosed or even an outdoor environment, yeah. even though these laws are violated routinely. Yes. This sounds to me as though, besides the fact that most people that are of a young enough age to go to a lot of raves don't know anything about ear protection. <laughs> yeah. So they're being deafened by these, these events. What? But where was the where is where's the enforcement of this of the basic sound laws that are that are rampant in California? You can't have a factory that makes that kind of noise. I mean, if you're getting sound that is traveling seven and a half miles through the city, it, it's got to be some out of control. It must have been two hundred decibels in that place or more. Well, the law enforcement, of course, was at the party selling the drugs. So they had no uh, chance to shut it down. This is a perfect opportunity for the e-sales. And here, and then, then sort of, so as a follow-up to my observation, why didn't any of the news reporters even bring this up? What, the, the law enforcement selling drugs? No, about <laughs> the sound, de- the decibel levels at these events being outrageously illegal. Oh, this is the, the Nobody ask Nobody was asked about it. How could you have an event like this that is, a, you always do is take one of these little devices you can buy from Radio Shack and push the button and think it'd be popping 180 or who knows how loud those that was in there. It just seems to me that this is like, I was completely befuddled by this story and the coverage of it. Well, the coverage is, of course, it's the human interest story. No one gives a crap about actual reporting. The human interest thing is, you know, they had a little payoff. They already had that set up when they put the package together. You know, if we're going to stay up, you're going to stay up. Um, you know, this uh, it's, it's the same as the Boston Herald woman. These are not real reporters. These are egomaniac people who like beyond television. And I'm more interested in what their hair is like. I know, because I used to be one of those people. Well, you still have the hair thing going. Well, no, I don't. I just have regular, average Joe hair, and I have a, a, nice, uh, a nice girth of hair, which is you know, usually why people always complain about it. People, I, I have noticed people with no hair are the ones that make jokes about my hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can set your watch by yeah, hair. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, okay, anyway, no, that was just, just a sad. pet peeve uh, event yeah. that I just I was just stunned by the way it was covered, the way it was re- the way it reacted to it, and I don't know that there's any been any follow up to cite these people. They should have shut the event down. Okay, John, I, I, I take it you were awakened by this noise out there in Berkeley, and it really bothers you. No, no. If I had heard that, I would have gone and checked out what the hell is going on. <laughs> you would have you would have been raving. Put on your white outfit. Rave, yay! <laughs> uh, all right, so this is, uh, I was watching uh, the uh, Department of State, you know, their, uh, their video channel. I'm always uh, looking at the, at the press uh, conferences and to see if there's anything interesting going on. And I see uh, Lucifer Clippity-Clop Clinton, and she is at the World Food Program Awards, and she says the following... And then finally, the two people that we are here to honor today, you'll hear more about uh, David and Christina. Now, the Christina she's talking about here, John, is... Wait, Christina Aguilera. Yes, correct. But 
I am personally delighted that they would come from the world of business and entertainment uh, and with such passion and commitment uh, really give of themselves to this global issue. Uh, and we are so grateful to you both. Uh, if I could sing, Christina, I would, <laughs> I would want to be on your team. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> you hear the crowd is laughing at the lesbian entendre of this. <laughs> Woohoo! Be on my team! But since I can't, I'm glad you're on this team. <laughs> All right, now go to boobs.curry.com. John, I've set it all up for you in case you haven't seen it. I'm sure plenty of people tweeted you and sent the link, but in case you haven't, are you there? Hold on. Boobs.curry.com. Here you can see uh, said Secretary of State um, oh. eyeing the hold cleavage on. of Christina Aguilera at this event. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I typed curry.com. No. It's many <laughs> it's com. No, it's boobs.curry.com. I set it up just for you. Yeah, well, it's taking me forever. I got the Daily Mail. You forwarded to the Daily Mail? Yes, of course. Here it is. Bosom Buddy. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> it's wow. almost too delicious to believe, my friend. <laughs> Isn't that great? She's looking yes, right she's at him. basically looking right down her, her cleavage. <laughs> And then, she's, and then she'd like, come play on my team. Uh-huh. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is just, this is, this is, uh, it's unbelievable. It's great. I think it's pretty cool, actually. It's a good catch by the photographer. Yeah. FP Getty Images. Oh, yeah. Oh, now they're kissing. Oh, yeah. And you see how she's kind of kissing in the air, like in a weird way, but how Christina's going in and grabbing her by the back of the neck? Yeah. yeah I don't Say no more. She's a presidential model, John. You know, the MK Ultra presidential model. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, let's talk about the. Uh, That's a good one. Good let's, catch. Let's talk about the economy for a moment. I found that there was uh, someone who was uh, in, the, in the IMF, no, uh, no less, who was completely on board with your uh, cycle theory. Hold on, let me get the article, because I was kind of blown away. Um, this is the chief economist at the IMF. His name is Oliver Blanchard. And uh, he was, uh, I guess he was doing an interview with a, a Hungarian website. And he said, well, looks like uh, we're going to be in crisis for at least a decade. Don't look for anything to come back until 2018, which was so close to your 2017 number. I'm like, is this guy on board with you? Have you seen, have you seen these comments? No, I have not. Oh. Um, but it sounds like he's got a clue. But here's what's interesting. So that's the IMF chief economist who's saying crisis for at least a decade. But then we have... The big Buana, the boss of the IMF, the boss of him, Christine Lagarde on CBS, saying the following. There are about 12 and a half million Americans who lost their jobs in the Great Recession. We uh, by the way, did you catch that little meme there? This new meme, the Great Recession? Actually, that's been around for a little while. I haven't heard it that way. Just, you know, uh, 
the Great Recession, as in, you know, it, it, it's like the, yeah, great, the depression. great Depression. Yeah, I've heard it. I've Only heard not it. as bad. Have seen our economy in recession or stumbling along since late 2007. And a lot of Americans just want to know, when does this end? Now, what do you think? Is she going to be on board with the chief economist and say, uh, well, looks like 2018. What do you think? Well, because you brought the clip up, now I'm trying to dissect what you're, what you're trying to do here. So I'm going to say that she's either going to stretch it way out there or she's going to say we're going to have a comeback in the next two years. Well, I would say that um, there is good news, um, you know, lurking out there. It's lurking out there. Hey, do you see that thing under your bed? That's good news. And in particular, the fact that the housing market hmm. is as bottomed up and is <laughs> what is what does that mean when she say bottomed up yeah she says that what's well, like the the housing market is sticking its ass in the air i mean what is that bottomed up i think she meant <laughs> bottomed up i think she meant bottom like the thing they're doing with the alcohol <laughs> yeah you got one for in that the morning. do you think she means bottomed out but she says bottomed up just because she doesn't know any better? It must be. The housing market. She knows better. She just, that was a flub. Is as bottomed up and is, is picking up is, in our view, a clear sign that the situation is improving. I know it doesn't seem very convincing because for the people who've lost their job, who are still unemployed and who are not even getting benefits because they don't bother to go and register because they have no hope. <laughs> I know the people who have given up, have no hope, have the gun to their head, do not want to believe me. Did, I mean, that's literally what she's saying. I know yeah. people who have lost their job, have given up, have no hope, are on skid row, and don't even have a television to hear me talking. Have lost their job, who are still unemployed, and who are not even getting benefits because they don't bother to go and register because they have no hope it doesn't mean much no it doesn't but when you appreciate that the u.s crisis started off with a housing crisis coupled with a financial crisis when you see that the financial institutions have been clearly uh, strengthened restructured and, and and made a little bit safer and that the housing market is picking up mm. that's not bad <laughs> Hey, you there with the gun to your head with no hope. You've, you haven't even, you don't even look for work anymore because you're hopeless. It's not bad. It's not a problem. Well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, the housing situation is actually wasn't the housing crisis that caused the problem. It was the bundling of, of mortgages, of mortgages yeah. uh, that were part of it. And it, if anything, it triggered the crisis, but it wasn't really part of the crisis. And anyone who studies these long cycles will tell you that the housing cycles are uniquely in and of themselves separate cycles. So the housing thing can go up or down or anything in between. It's not going to affect the real overall uh, situation with the economy as a whole. It just never does. Okay. And I... Over. That's it. That's it. So, so she's, so she's full of crap. No, the you. other guy's right. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. She's full of crap. But you know, if you have no hope, you can always look at her sun sun kissed face, the nice brown face with the white eyes of Christine Lagarde, and that should give you hope. It should. I mean, it makes me feel very hopeful when I see her. She's fresh off the yacht. She reminds from me of an old Susie Orman. <laughs> yeah, all dried up and crumpled. 
No, she. Well, that's uh, the way she's headed. No, she she reminds me of just a total douchebag. I wake up in the morning. I think, who's a douchebag? I'm thinking her. So uh, even though it is a national um, bullying prevention awareness month, it is of course still also National Cyber Security Awareness Month. It's a lot of months. <clears throat> it's a very very a lot of awareness. Yeah, October is a very very a very busy month for awareness, and uh, you know just in time for the Cybersecurity Awareness Month, as we discussed on uh, on on uh, Sunday. Uh, Washington, D.C. confirms Chinese hack attack on White House computer. I am reading from Fox News. I'm sure you uh, read these reports, John. These were quite disturbing. I, I, did, did they ever tell you what computer? Was this somebody's laptop and that works in the White House? What was this? Well, the, the story is, is phenomenal. So these are the headlines. And it was like, oh, confirmed Chinese hack attack White House computer. And it's, uh, here's what happened. White House sources confirmed an alarming report. I'm reading directly from Fox News. That U.S. government computers, reportedly including systems used by the military for nuclear commands, were breached by Chinese hackers. It was a phishing attack against an unclassified network. Essentially, someone received an email that was spam in the White House. And then this report rolls out of it on the other end, just in time for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Really? An email contained a phishing attack from a computer server in China, the law enforcement source told Fox News. The attack was first reported by the conservative blog Free Beacon. <laughs> Maybe it's Free Bacon. Phishing involves the use of messages disguised to appear as valid. In fact, they contain targeted malicious attempts to access sensitive or confidential information. I can just imagine a couple of these idiots... On the cybersecurity committee there in the Senate who go like, where's that executive order? We got to get it out as soon as possible. This is how well, this is a pathetic story. Yeah. Well, it's Fox. I mean, these. Yes. These, uh, you know, if anyone knows anything about how this works, they just they're blanket uh, emails they just send them out to everybody i mean millions yeah. go they go out to everyone it's not targeting the white house i think our audience uh, knows this <laughs> i don't think you have to explain to them how dumb this is yeah i guess you're right yeah. what am i saying uh-huh. but it is dumb and fox is well this, this is this is the problem well, this is the problem you have the head of, of department of homeland security doesn't even know how to use a computer i think we've established that well you know it's interesting one of our uh, producers um, he went out to see if he could actually prove the thesis, and he, uh, everywhere he looked, where uh, Janet Napolitano, also known as Lucy, is uh, showing presentations, it's all PowerPoint slides that are printed out. Nowhere do you ever see her with a laptop in front of her, and you know, he, this producer looked through a lot of a lot of pictures and videos. I will say we found a video from two thousand. Let me see, two thousand ten. Uh, and that's ABC did a uh, did a piece on her, uh, and you know went inside Homeland, you know went into the room with all the monitors, and then went to a, to her office. And for uh, like at the one, and it's in the show notes, of course. This uh, this clip about one minute eighteen seconds. You can see an iPhone with a blue case charging on the credenza next to her desk, which leads me to believe that she's full of crap about the email. 
Uh, but you know, an iPhone that's probably about her level. I think that uh, that she could handle that. And, you know, uh, press on the button. Uh, oh, I have a web uh, you browser. Know, I think I think the producer said that there was a. Uh, he looked at all the office photos of her, and there's no computer in her office at all. No, there isn't. But but I but the same video he sent me. That's where I found just a brief glimpse where I saw the iPhone. But that could have been so- someone else's iPhone. It could have been one of the producers who were shooting that. I mean, it doesn't even have to be hers. Um, but yeah, no, she has no computer in her office. Nothing. I think you're completely right. She she does not even. You're right. Doesn't even know how to turn one on. Knows nothing. There are people out there like that. So we. Um, We've been traveling quite a bit, sticking with Lucy, and uh, I now have my uh, my lines for the TSA, because of course Ms. Mickey and I continue to opt out, and may I tell you once again that we are having the greatest joy with our coach class tickets going straight through the premier first class line. It is, so we're at Los Angeles coming back, and Los Angeles is a little different story because the security there at LAX is a zoo. I mean, it, the line is incredibly long. It's like it takes at least 30, sometimes 45 minutes to get through the security line. And it's snaking around. And it's, it's like this big funnel, this big trap. It's, it's really nerve-wracking. But they have uh, some kind of slave who stands in front of the security line and whose only job is to assess if you can go through the, um, the premium line. And then they open that little ribbon, you know, the one that, that zips back into the pole. So, so I'm with Miss Mickey, the hard hat and the clipboard. And, uh, and so we go up, we walk straight towards. She says, priority. And then the, uh, the human resource there says, what? Mickey says, priority. Uh, show me your boarding card. And Mickey pulls out the Southwest boarding card. <laughs> Southwest. I kid you That's not. That's makes it so hilarious. I kid you not. Pulls out the Southwest boarding card with boarding position A thirty seven, and the and the and the person doesn't even look. Okay, walk right through. <laughs> it was like what? It's crazy. You just have to be. You just you just got to do it. I'm telling you, this is great. And now, now ever since we came up with the valet service line, I've been using this all the time. So um, you know, and we say, hey, I'd like to opt out if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, you know, you know that this is uh, not an X-ray, right? And so I say two things: No, no, no. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm just, you know, when Janet Napolitano walks through it, then I'll go through it. And by the way, I really appreciate the valet service. <laughs> and they're confused, John. You've got to try this. You really, it's really the funny. Service. I did it. You can ask Mickey. I, I like. I love the valet service. Yes. Um. Yes. That's my bin, and that's my laptop, and that's my jacket. Oh, yeah. Please be careful of the shoes. Okay. <laughs> I just do it like that. They can't. They can't figure it out. They. They don't like. <laughs> you've got to do this. It is. It is fascinating. Absolutely. What are they going to do? Arrest me? I'm just being really nice. I'm like. I'm just pretending that it's valet service. It's great. Well, when I'm at o- when I'm at Oakland, I can't pull off any of these stunts because they have because a I just magnetometer. Go the line that has the magnetometer. Uh-huh. So I just go into that line. And even if they tell me to move to another line, I just pay no attention to them. Yeah, that also is also I just good, go yeah. through, boom, I'm yeah. out of there. So, I mean, I don't have the opportunity to opt out at Oakland. I can do it at Seattle, maybe. Yeah. Even though I've been, every time I go to Seattle, there's always some, some, something going on, and they're not using the machines. 
Well, anyway, the most important lesson here is that you need to take your coach ticket and get into the priority line every single time. And you will just feel great. It feels so empowering to see all these sheep standing in line. He just walk right. <laughs> hey, what are they going to do? They're going to send you to the back of the line? Okay, maybe that'll happen, you know. And you can get really arrogant about it. You know, you can stand up there in the front and then, because it's the same TSA officer, and then they'll say, uh, next. And then you just go, excuse me, priority. <laughs> you just walk right in front of them. <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> it does. It feels yeah, great. Well, and luckily, none of the TSA people that work at any of these airports listen to the No Agenda show. No. They're too busy stealing iPads. Eh, please. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting if we actually had one person that worked there could give us some insight. Oh, I'm sure we have a couple that are listening. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I got a trainee, by the way. That was kind of it. I got a trainee from, because uh, we went home for one day, and, and then we flew uh, flew out yesterday. Uh, so we flew from Austin and I did, you know, did the whole, uh, you know, we did the priority line again. That's real easy at Austin. Austin, they don't have anyone checking. And uh, then, you know, opt out. And they're, they're actually kind of nice, I have to say, the Austin uh, TSA. You know, they, they try to make, you know, they try to, make, try to make nice conversation. But it was taking a really long time for my mail assist, opt out, mail assist, line three, mail assist. We got a wheelchair, mail assist. And uh, I, I could work there in a heartbeat. I know all the lingo. Mail assist, well, opt out. And so finally, a guy, you know, the woman comes over who had gotten Mickey uh, like 15 minutes ago. She said, well, I'm going to see if I can find somebody for you. So uh, have a seat. And the guy comes over, no uniform. He's just wearing a, a, a TSA badge. And I'm, you know, you have to sit on the chair in the little area there. And he says, okay, I'm going to do the, uh, the pat down. I said, excuse me, uh, you have no uniform on. Uh, how do I know? Uh, who are you? Are you a supervisor? He says, no, I'm a trainee. So you don't have a uniform? He says, no, it's, it's they're still, yes, I'm not kidding you. They're still sending it to me. I said, well, you can't do that. You can't just hang a bat, you can just hang a, a, a lamb, you know, a, a laminate on a lanyard around your neck and say that you're, you're going to search me. I said, no, no, no. And then another guy came over. No, this is my trainer. I said, oh, okay, well, good. Then let's go for it. And I was like looking at him. I was like, oh, no, you forgot to mention that, uh, that I have the right to a private screening. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, thank you. <laughs> so I <was> like, <laughs> You're the trainer. I'm telling you, John, I'm having a good time with this now. I used to get really, you know, tense and upset about doing all this, and now it's changed my life by turning into this hilarious game, which consists of, of one audience member that likes it, namely me. It's, it's very <laughs> well, valuable. You can't please yourself. Who can you please? It's very, very valuable. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Enjoy my game. In the morning. Okay, we've got a bunch of people that helped us out today. Thank you very much. Very Chris nice. Ruddy, New York, New York, one, two, three, four, five. Hey, like to good request one. job hunting karma for my smoking hot wife. And fuck cancer karma for my cousin Molly in the morning. Hey, now. You've got karma. Mac Tudor in Chicago, Illinois, 111.11. Or no, actually, 111.10, according to this. Uh, yeah, because 55 bucks from each of us. Uh, congrats nice. on your upcoming five-year anniversary. Kate and I have enjoyed listening to you from the heart of Gitmo Nation Corruption, Chicago. So hey. it's 55 in the morning. Thomas Lee's London, and I assume it's London, England. 
Yes. $100. I've wanted to send you another donation for some time as part of the value for value model, but have not had the cash to do so. Thankfully, now I can after selling one of my kidneys to a rich Arab. What? People, unless you support (laughs) the things you like, they will disappear. Thanks for a great show. Please give a douchebag to those in the UK who have not donated. And please, can I have some karma? Douchebag. You've got karma. Yeah, and don't don't sell your kidney uh, to rich Arabs. That's not that's not necessary. Not good. Andrew Glenn in Amersham, Buckings, Buckinghamshire, Buckinghamshire, Buckinghamshire. Uh, hundred. Can I have a MILF karma for my lovely wife, Fiona, on the occasion of her birthday and to help her with her new job teaching economics to young slaves here in Gitmo Nation East? But don't mention the size of this modest donation. Oh, it's too late now. Not being a fan of the show, she would otherwise write it down and use it as evidence against me later. Oops. By the way, notwithstanding your recent Skype problems, I think I can explain those spells where we can hear John, but we hears everything. But he hears everything. Adam, get Johnny to deny that he has a wide-brimmed plastic bottle behind his desk into which he relieves himself (laughs) mid-show. He obviously kills his microphone so we don't hear the tinkle. Also, please don't listen to the chat room when deciding whether or not to edit. Last Sunday's show was excruciating. Otherwise, keep up the good work. I don't listen to the chat room. That was our own decision. Milf karma. Yeah, milf karma. Here we go. Milf. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. And by the uh, way, Robert by Stone. the way, there's th- there's a there's a fast forward button. Ever hear of it? Robert Stokes, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, hundred. I'd appreciate some karma for a little project I'm working on. A new way to watch TV.com. HTTP. A new way to watch TV.com. And a douchebag call out to Thomas and OKC for continuing to be a freeloading douchebag. Douchebag. Oh, cool. Let me take a look at this. So it's a karma for a new way to watch TV.com. Excellent. You've got karma. Let me take a look at this, John. A new okay. way to watch TV.com. It may, it may be something really cool. Who knows? Let me see what's going on with this. Oh, check it out, man. Let me check it out it's now. It's got like AMC, so we can just watch AMC online here. New huh. way to watch. TV. I like this too. What do we do? So I want to click on something that I like. So Breaking Bad, I like that. Are we just going to watch Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. A N W T W T V. So now I'm just watching it's, TV. Well, this means I can watch the AMC shows they've taken off yeah. the Dish Network. Well, that looks pretty good. Does it work? Well, I'd, I'd, I want to be careful because I don't want to mess up my connection, but it looks like it. All right, cool. Well, hey, karma for that, man. Like it. Thank you. Thank you, you for supporting out. the show. Okay, uh, where was I? Oh, oh. 69! 69, dudes! Okay, looks like we got a, a bunch of them today. Woo-hoo. One, two, three, four, five, about 10, 20. Um, not to 22. Uh, Jonathan Rowley in Hinton, Alberta, 6969. Jonathan from Edmonton, flat cannons for humanity. Love the show. Can I get a Hey Citizen Karma? Yeah, you sure can. Hey, Citizen. You've got karma. Jason Stevens, Sir Jason Stevens, to you in Lost Wages, Nevada, 6969. 
and now he's drunk. Okay, so I'm like totally drunk. Sorry for screwing up last time with the 6968, but I was drunk then too. You guys are one of the few bastions of sanity out in this world, and it just tears me when RT or Alex Jones rips you guys off. I think that summarizes things. You know, this is funny. Apparently there's now an Ask Alex segment. <laughs> Ask Alex. It's get- Ask Alex. <laughs> it's getting pretty Ask blatant, Alex everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. These guys are horrible. They really are. Hey, everybody, buy some water filters and some seeds. Okay. Uh, we've got Jonathan Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Robert Stokes in Oklahoma City. Did I give him? Oh, no. You're, call you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we, went, we did all that. Well, I, yeah, I was reading it while you were reading the other you're thing. You're Paul J. TV. Paul Sankowski. Okay, so let's move on to Paul Sankowski in Winooski, Vermont. Just need a little shut up, slave karma. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Uh, let's see if we got an email from Dave Koss. Uh, he's, Dave on, Koss he's, on, he's on. He's on the birthday list. He's on the birthday list, John. On the birthday list. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine for Dave Koss in Winooski, sir. Yoho of Joho of Yoho, Woodbridge, Virginia, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Please address me as Sir Joho of Yoho, please, guys. Really great shows lately. I recently ran into a techno expert at my humble store. He mentioned visiting Dubai a lot. One thing led to another. Apparently, he works for the State Department in Afghanistan. <laughs> I asked him about the Pentagon 2.0 in Kabul, and he basically said, when the troops all leave, that's where he's going to be. Yeah. So it sounds like we're going to be there indefinitely. You guys missed my donation note a few shows ago, but I'm not mad. I actually got a double nighting out of it. By the way, how, did I get, how do I get my ring again? It's rings at noagendanation.com is the email. Just play best, otherwise you'll be con. Hello? John? Did I just lose you? Hello? Uh, wow. That was weird. Let me, uh... Huh. I don't hear anything for some reason now. Hold on a second. This is not right. Uh-oh. What went wrong there? Uh. Oh, I can't hear a single... I can't hear any. Oh, there we go. That was weird. Yeah, sorry, sorry it took so long to answer the phone. I was sending back the feedback. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? No, it sucks. I, said, I gave it the, 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 then he gave it the lowest where you couldn't make the conversation, <laughs> but I gave it the second. I, I did the feedback once. And I'm like, why am I even bothering with this bull crap? I can't believe I'm doing yeah. that. I, I, I have, I have, I'm a true believer. So he wants to, uh, hold on, we need a best podcast in oh, the universe the jingle for him. Yeah, jingle. I want to make sure we do that. The best podcast in the universe. You know, I'm so surprised I don't see Leo Laporte on the list. He said it was going to become a night. I heard him say it. I heard him say it too. Yeah. I'll pester him. Yeah. Chris Bolton in Newcastle uh, upon somewhere. Where you, can you see the whole thing? Uh, Newcastle upon Staffordshire. Uh, un, Newcastle Castle under Lyme. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, Newcastle under Lyme, Staffordshire. Sorry, I got it too. Okay. 6969. Short time boner, who's listened to a few of your podcasts on Sunday. I thought I'd try for the first time to listen to the live stream and lurk in the chat room. After enjoying some simplex broadcasting of world class (laughs) quality. Imagine my joy at JCD declaring that everyone in the chat room should go screw themselves. <laughs> Needless to say, that was exactly the encouragement I needed to become a donor. Yes! <laughs> I had like two to the head for me and a karma for my hardworking wife, Nikki, to help her new business grow, keep up the adequate work. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Regards, Chris Bolton. I really, that's, very, that's highly appreciated. Hold on a second. He won two to the head. <laughs> You've got karma. You know, we keep forgetting about this, John. We keep forgetting that, you know, the, what the pharmaceutical companies learned a long time ago is that the worse, you know, the more you tell people they're going to die and this is horrible, the more people want the product. So I think we, we are not rude enough to our listeners. We have to step it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've thought about it. <laughs> uh, the, the chat room will get you going. Jacob yeah. Milligan, another lost wages Nevada uh, donor, sixty nine sixty nine. Eric Bostrom in Woodenville, Washington, nice little place, sixty nine sixty nine. As a long time doucher. I was forced into donating by the terrible, amazingly awesome Sunday show where Buzzkill had his audio computer epic fail. Please, for the love of God, buy John a new computer and headphone package and ship it to him. (laughs) You're absolutely correct. Mumble was detecting the feedback and canceling it out. That's what happens when both mics are open and one idiot is using a speaker set to listen to the audio. Yeah. Another expert. Please provide me a de-douching, which he definitely needs, and two to the head. Slide whistle, Karma. You have the slide whistle, do you? I don't. I, I don't have the slide whistle. I didn't, I didn't bring my slide whistle. Hey, I brought they the job. at TSA if they catch you with a slide well, whistle. I tell you what. Instead of that, uh, I did find the jobs, jobs, jobs. So we'll, we'll substitute uh, uh, jobs for slide, slide whistle for jobs, okay? This is what it'll be. You've been de-douched. Jobs, jobs. Jobs and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. (laughs) Something like that. Larence Fisher uh, somewhere. He's in Yoko Yakota uh, in Japan. Uh, I'm an airman stationed in the Empire of Japan. Fighting the good fight and keeping the emperor from returning to power. (laughs) (laughs) Like he really wants to. Yeah. I consider myself. I consider myself a real liberal status, but I need to keep track of you guys. Maybe I'll get the cue to wake up to the situation from your alternative new view on today's news. Keep supplying what MSM doesn't, and you'll have a regular. And let that Michigan donation complainer know you are youpers. Youpers? Yeah, they're youpers. What's Listening, a, if you like that. It's some sort of... Youper. He's from Michigan, apparently. Okay. It's a Michigan thing? A, Youpers is something they know about in Michigan. I don't know. You, 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 you. I think it has to do with the Upper Peninsula. Okay. I think they're called youpers up there. You know, Michigan's two part state. Oh, really? Yeah, it's got a big chunk, and then there's another part up <laughs> in Minnesota. Thank, thank you for that perfect uh, explanation. It's a two part state, you know, and I'm like all ready for it, and it's like it's got a big chunk, and then there's another piece up there by Minnesota. <laughs> and there's a bridge. Yay! To nowhere. Yeah, now it goes. Well, there you go. Now that's an insult. <laughs> Anonymous in Plano, Texas, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Yay! Anonymous, please I'd like to tell the chat room to 
fuck themselves karma. Karma. Hail Dvorak. <laughs> hey, it worked, man. You've got karma. I'm seeing at least two donations based upon that. Uh, what? Another Three. one. Communication 2020, Seattle, Washington, 6969, in honor of John's ex- expl- expletive deleted the chat room comment. Chat room loved it. <laughs> Any attention? Dave Cawson, Euless, Texas, another there Texan, 6969. Well, the earthquake machine went off last night twice in Dallas, just in time for my birthday, September 30th. Uh, I'd like to wish myself a happy one and promote my friend's film called Polarized about polarization of American politics, which is almost done, but needs some help. He's trying very hard to make a bipartisan documentary, which is not easy. He also has an uh, Indiegogo project set up for his final round of funding. And also, uh, you left uh, some... (laughs) (laughs) Read that. Read that. I'm going to read it. Okay. Adam, you left a pair of HEMA underwear at the house on the Hot Pocket store. I figure I just send it back or possibly sell it on eBay. <laughs> Donate the proceeds to the show. Okay, now first of all, you know we did stay at the at uh, at Dave's house when we were on the, this summer's Hot Pockets tour, and we did. Are you indeed- like a girl, you take some, you get a new date. This is younger guys should know all this about women. You get it. You bring somebody over to your house or apartment or whatever, and she'll leave crap all over the place just in case you have a different girl that you're dating. She'll catch it and she see that you're a two timer. Now, let me just explain that, how, how this works. you're doing? You're throwing out no. underwear around the house? No. So, you know, it's very, doing this stuff is really stressful when we're doing the shows on the road. And, of course, in Dallas, it was, you know, 110 degrees. And I'm in the bin outside and inside. And, you know, and Miss Mickey and I have a lot split up, right? We, have our, we kind of have this, um, our duties kind of divided where, uh, you know, my job is to do the show. Uh, I'm, uh, I did a lot of the driving. I do the hookups, the, the unhookups, all this stuff. And then what I don't have to worry about is clothes and laundry. And so I can literally come in completely drenched in sweat from doing the show. I know that Ms. Mickey, I love her for this. She has like my, cl- you know, fresh clothes ready. I can just step out of my clothes into the shower uh, and then step into fresh clothes. And I know that these clothes will magically uh, pick themselves up and go into the uh, into the laundry bag. So I believe that Dave Koss doesn't just have a pair of my HEMA underwear, but that they are dirty. And I think oh please, and I think this is definitely this is a eBay, disgusting anecdote. This is eBay worthy. I think you should go for that, Dave, and donate the proceeds to the show, John. This could be huge. This could be a huge, huge, huge take for us. I think uh, Mickey's panties would be more popular. Oh, please. You you had to go there, seriously? Uh, You asked for it. I couldn't resist. It's gross, I know. Melanie Schofield, also in Lost Wages, Nevada. What's going on today? It's amazing how many Lost Wages in Nevada. Why do you consistently... I can't stand it when you... What? I was going to say, why do you consistently say lost wages? Like, it's funny that for the fifth hunt, for the 500th time, it's not funny anymore. We got Massachusetts it. nuts. Every yeah, it's time. not funny either. When I feel it's when I. Yeah, OK. Just pointing it out. Anyway, Melanie Schofield in Lost Wages, Nevada. Oh, God. Sixty nine, sixty nine. I can't stand it when you two get testy. On the show, just like now, and hope a little sixty nine sixty nine will smooth things over. 
Years ago, I set up an automatic $15 per month payment with my bank, but I just switched it to fifty-five, fifty-five. Wow. A month. What? I wow. encourage all listeners to pony up, even if it's only $10 or $15 per month. Adam, I don't need any jingles or dancing monkeys. I only keep uh, keep you. I only ask that you both keep analyzing, deconstructing. Why do I think I, we've already read this donation? I note? think it was read last last show. Because so, I mean, it's this just all Showed doubles up again, Melanie. Are these all doubles? Is that Gosh, what this Taylor is? Taylor is who it is. It's Taylor, not Melanie. Oh. Comes in as Melanie. Anyway, let's move on. James Briscoe again. We you know I mean he do- donates all the time. But hold on. That oh. just ended sixty nine sixty nine. Sixty nine sixty nine, dude. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. And I'll note thirteen, which is short of the fourteen we had last show, and the record of twenty two. So it looks like it's dropping off. We're uh, on the way out. Downer. Yeah, I think it's over. James Briscoe, Sir James Briscoe to you and I. Bayshore, New York, sixty nine sixty eight. Gimo Long Island checking in. Thanks for the promotion on the clip by clip site. Still working on it. Dealing with browser compatibility issues is a pain. Intentionally donating one penny less than the fabled sixty nine sixty nine due to wanting to be the last after the jubilee with the soixante neuf donors. Because I'm, because I too am always wrong, just like you, Curry. <laughs> Please give a shot of Carmen to Smita. She needs it, I'm sure. Even if she doesn't, I don't need it. That's right. We're always wrong, Karma. Here it comes, my favorite. You've got Karma. Uh, Sir James, I can't wait for him to get that site up and running. It's very cool. The one I showed you where you just click on it and it starts playing a section from the show. You can annotate it. I, I think it would be a big breakthrough in podcast uh, technology. So I'm looking be, forward to But he didn't turn out to be the last because Jason Stevens, Sir Jason Stevens, as a matter of fact, from Lost Wages, Nevada, which is amazing how many we've got today. 6968. I hope to be front running in the spirit of Goldman Sachs. What this was on last week's show, too. Yeah, wasn't the, it? The, I, I'm, you know, this doesn't make any sense to me. I think the merge purge capabilities of, this, of our software is lacking. See, I was always in the impression that. Uh, I'll talk over with Buzzkill Jr. Yeah, you know what? I, be- I, I, would, I think you should uh, like dock his pay. Well, it's not his fault. Oh. This, all, this goes through, well, it's a long story. <laughs> Personal auto advisors, Gardner, Kansas, 6560. It's Brian Tobiason, not personal auto advisors. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. I can't get rid of that stupid name. Apparently, this just keeps coming up on PayPal. Anyway, here's 5555 in honor of your five year anniversary and $10.05 toward my daughter Christine's second birthday on 10 5. You guys touched on poison wheat back several episodes ago. Check out the book Wheat Belly. You'll learn a lot more about the crap GMO wheat does to our bodies. Yeah. You mean like incorporate pesticides? Yeah, like thank you. I'm I'm just not going to eat it anymore. I I haven't eaten wheat, as far as I know, for a long, long time. I try to stay away from it. Corn is worse. Oh, of course. It's all bad. I mean, I'm I'm just eating energy bars. (laughs) Yeah, there's no wheat or (laughs) in those <laughs> no this is only soy which shrinks your brain which is the same thing another one mm-hmm. no i actually we were out floating around and 
there's a lot of organic corn growers in this area that they, they refuse to use GMO seeds and they have all these crazy uh, heritage seeds and you can get you can actually get corn that's not going to kill you. But you know where I'm at with that with the, with the corn because of course we have that at the at the market as well. I'm like you know, there's already so much corn and everything. I don't even feel like I need any corn. Even though it'd be great corn, I love corn on the cob. I'm just like... Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, f- people eat too much corn. Yeah, We're the corn, corn country. Yeah. But corn. now it's toxic. Right. Douglas Van Hoysen in Houston, Texas, 6116. Fainhausen. Fainhausen in, in Houston, Texas. <laughs> It's been a while since I've donated, mostly due to me living the American dream, but I figure it's time to change that. I've decided to give up smoking this weekend. Instead of keeping the extra cash for myself, I thought you guys deserve some of the hard work for the hard work you do. Keep it up. And if you don't mind, he's a de-douching and a shot of karma for his lovely wife. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Yeah, congratulations. And I would like to point out that uh, Ms. Mickey and I have now been smoke-free for about 35 days. We celebrated our our one month, and uh, indeed, uh, you do. I mean, this is <laughs> this has been the best thing for our finances we have done. Uh, it, it does save you a lot of money, and uh, and it saves uh, our our uh, health. Uh, but uh, you know what's what I have noticed though? My teeth are all messed up. This is this is really weird. Do you have a second for this? Because uh, yeah, we have a lot of dentists. You always have some weird complaint about this. Yeah, well, dentists always listen to the show. So you know, you know me, right? I've always, you know, I roll my own smokes, and I always have it kind of in my face, whether it's lit or not. Particularly during the show, but when I'm in the car, I mean, when I'm outside, I always got like the smoke on one side, uh, you know, just kind of clenched between my teeth, and because. Uh, of the nature of uh, of the rolled up smokes, that, you know, the, the 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 roll your own cigarettes that I would smoke, um, I would just relight it, and so I pretty much I had this thing in my face uh, at least eighteen hours of the day. Would you agree? Uh, you lots, yeah. yeah, lots. All right. So uh, so I stopped smoking, and now of course two things. First of all, I'm not getting all that smoke in my in, in my lungs, and by the way, no more coughing. I don't have to blow my nose as much. That's all been pretty much a big benefit. But then my teeth started to hurt because they would be, you know, my, my, my top teeth would be hitting my bottom teeth with no smoke in between. And so, you know, then I start to compensate for the right side. Now it's the left side. I mean, my, my literally for a month, my teeth have been hurting because they are now hitting each other in ways they haven't for, I don't know, 30 years. Huh. Yeah. So well, my uh, advice? <laughs> start smoking? <laughs> Red vines. Red vines, what's that? Oh, you mean the the candy? Yeah. Good idea. But I want I but I don't want to be dependent. I want to get over it. So I'm I'm trying to I am trying to get over cool it. Cool just walking around the red vine hanging out of your mouth constantly. <laughs> okay, John. When I need coolness tips, I'll make sure to come to you. Exactly. Yeah. Volvo plus tuning, also known as Christopher Taylor in Raleigh, North Carolina, fifty five fifty five. Keep hitting these MFers in the mouth. Dedicated to my baby mama, Kennedy, Kenitha Davis from Nightdale, North Carolina. Stop being a bo- boner and donate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Roy Pingle in Brooklyn, 5555. Second Federal Circuit Court of Appeals has just stated another federal judge's injunction of the NDAA Section 1021. This section allows for internment and death 
of U.S. citizens, including journalists, without due process for exercising First Amendment rights. Plaintiffs like Chris Hedges and other defenders of democracy, like you guys at No Agenda, are doing a great job in exposing this coup attempt by the National Military Surveillance Corporate State. Let's keep up the fight for our rights. Congrats on your fifth anniversary. I think uh, I think our friend Roy here just ticked off about eight boxes on the uh, <laughs> He's already, on sheet. You know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're going to be knocking they're in a minute. To get Roy, Roy, go get a pizza. Yeah, quick. Benjamin Blondin in Brook Park, Ohio, 5555. Matthew Parker in R- Park Ridge, Illinois, 5555. Uh, thanks for a wonderful show, he says. David Lee, Sir David Lee in Williamsburg, Virginia. Congratulations. How about some karma for yourself? I think we did that one last show. Mickey Kennedy, Please. Sir Mickey Kennedy, Kingsville, Maryland, 5555. No comment. Paul Sankowski, Winooski, Vermont, again. I think this will make me a night. Oh, this may be the one. Okay. All right. Now I got it. Now he's a knight. Uh, Aaron Yoho, not Joho, Fairmont, West Virginia. You're, boy, did you know that, you know, you're West Virginia. For, you, just, they have a football team. Yeah, the Mountaineers. The most amazing quarterback yeah. that I've ever seen. I mean, this guy threw eight touchdowns and he ran up a score of 70 points in, against a good team. Yeah, well, uh, and if I gave a crap about sports, I would be, yay, ain't that great for the Mountaineers? But uh, I don't. Yes, I know. But I think somebody out there should pay attention to this kid. I'm sending an email to, he sent you an email, Aaron Yoho. He did? did. All right, let me look. Go, Keep going. Yes, uh, Justin DeJong, or DeJong. DeJong. Michigan, 5555. You got it? No. Uh, donation from the Mitten. I think it was... Andrew Richter from the last episode who called out all Michiganders to donate. And for me, it's my first. So this should be number six in a row. What? All right. Found the show through John being on Twit a year ago. Still a douchebag for not donating earlier. And so are my friends Andrew, Mike, and fiance Sarah, who don't listen despite my efforts. Okay, I found the... Hold on a second. Need douchebag? Here we go. I would like a photography job karma as I'm a BFA graduate with no job and a squirrel to the head chaser. <laughs> okay. You've got karma. Squirrel! I found the, uh, the note <clears throat> from uh, Aaron Yoho, yeah. and I actually tweeted this link out early this morning. Uh, he, um, uh, he put up a YouTube video of his son doing a Trains Good, Planes Bad uh, and the kid is spinning, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. He says to the kid, he says, come on, do it, kid. And the kid's like, doesn't want to do this. And then starts spinning around and trains good, planes bad while he's spinning. So uh, go look at my tweets to see that. That was fascinating. I love it. I mean, he, his human resource is spot on, right in the sweet spot of awesomeness for no agenda listening material. There's going to be a link in the show notes. Of course. Michael Warner in Vestal, New York, 54 double nickels on the dime for his favorite crackpot and buzzkill. Pearl Mock in Mar- Markham, Ontario, double nickels on the dime. He's job karma. So I can just get by. If I get this job, I'll finally be able to finish this in knighthood. You've got karma. And by the way, Pearl should be a woman. I don't know why it said he. It's <coughs> not a man's name. Yeah. Sorry, Pearl. Scott Olson, San Diego. Double nickels on the dime. 
Uh, let's see how this combo sounds. Hillary Delicious, Karma, and Two to the Head. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. Ooh, you know what's interesting about that clip? No. Hillary sounds a little like the Karma Girl. <laughs> Playing the harp. Jonathan Rux in Alpharetta, Georgia, 5290. I've been slack on the donations, but need some karma. Plus, I've been curious if any of you have any thoughts on Glenn Beck's The Project miniseries that a few folks I know have been telling me to watch. No, we don't have thoughts on it because we haven't seen it. Uh, he says it's the only thing... He's the only one talking about care in the Muslim Brotherhood, really. Oh, please. You never listen really? to Michael Savage. He rants about care. Well, hey, he got Mike, sued by care. Michael Savage is off the air. He's gone. Completely? Yeah. You didn't even know about this? Well, no, because they took him out of San Francisco about two years ago, so I haven't been following oh, him. Oh, no, no, no. He, um, he had this huge dispute, I guess, with his syndicator. And uh, and he won the lawsuit, and the, and now he's off the air, and uh, you know, and and like all these stations around the country uh, don't know what to do because you know the, all of a sudden his show is just gone. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very interesting. Wow, I didn't know any of this. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like you know. So I'm sure he'll he'll he did gonna, he'll syndicate himself, or he'll find you know he has a another thing waiting in the wings. But apparently he was just get he felt he was getting ripped off, and uh, it was a, it was a big yeah, to do well, you know, in radio. He's, He's believed to be bipolar, and he gets freaks. In fact, when he really freaks out, it's actually quite amusing. Yeah, but I, I think it's great because you know this is just more listeners for us. Gay baby, <laughs> he's a gay. According to Edge on the net, it's because he was a gay baiting. They describe him as the gay bait. I've listened to this guy for years. He was not a gay baiter. Uh, yeah, he's off the air. Off the air. All, all right, all right, keep going. Is, I'm sorry. Okay, where are we? We're anonymous in La Mesa, California, 5550. Uh, he needs a lone wolf, two to the head, take that to the bank. And is that a karma or just the... Yeah, those? it doesn't say karma. It doesn't want karma, it's fine. <laughs> lone wolf, two to the head, take that to the bank. Uh, yeah, I can do that. You can take that to the bank. Not That's bad. a good one. That is a good one. I like that, too. Yeah. I like that one. Sir Adam Colby in Menasha, Wisconsin, $50 without comments. Sir Andrew Haverson in Gravenhurst, Ontario, 50 And finally, Greg Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin, another 50 from him. I want to thank them and all the other uh, producers and donators and contributors and everyone who helps us get this show out uh, by contributing. This We do not have sponsors. We do have a long <laughs> segment of thank yous, individual thank yous, and that's, that usually results in some funny stories. <laughs> Your bird is killing me. <laughs> bird is it's just like it's a tropical island up here wait a minute is that is that in the house yes mimi is the crazy bird lady isn't she she's <laughs> bird up just said yes <laughs> you ought to hear when this bird starts talking but, but you should teach the bird stuff you, you, oh come yeah on, we've man. tried we've taught him a few things like what like shut up slave I haven't got you. He, he hey, hey well, no, wait, 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 John. Do you have the speakers on? Or you, have, you have speakers, no headphones, right? Just speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Turn them up really loud. Turn the speakers. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bird, 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 bird. What's the bird's name? It, you can't hear out of this room. You can only hear in. What's the bird's name? I don't know what the bird's name is. Not oh, you mentioned. Come For some on, reason, the, it eluded me. Come on, the bird out. has a name. You don't Let even me get know the bird to shut up. Hang on. No, I want to teach the bird something. Open the door. Bird, 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 bird. Shut up, 
Slay. Come on, bird, you can do this. Say it again. Shut up. Shut up, Slay. Come on, bird, bird, bird. Shut up, Slay. Listen, bird, bird, bird. Shut up, Slay. Hey, up higher. What? Hang on. I'm turning it up higher. Okay. All right. Ready? Ready, bird. Shut up, slave. Come on, bird. Shut up, slave. Come on. Bird, bird, bird. Shut up, slave. You got to know the bird's name, man. If I can't call his name, then he won't know how that I'm trying to teach him something. I've just completely blanked on his name. I know what his name is. <laughs> what is it? He can't hear you. Bird. Shut up, slave. Okay, do you think you heard it? No. Oh, damn. All right. Well, at, no, least, at least find out you what can the bird's... make a record. I'll take the shut up, slave thing. We'll just play it to him over and yeah, over again. Yeah, I'll play it over and over, just like during the night. Just see if, uh, if, he, uh, if he picks up on it. That would be cool. Can you imagine Mimi? Shut up, slave. <laughs> that bird is just going, shut up, slave, the whole time. Yeah, that would be priceless. <laughs> All right. All right, we're done, everybody. Uh, Hold on a second. I got to mention this very important thing that you need to go to. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Please support your favorite podcast, and hopefully it is this one we also known as... The best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, birthday. Adam Johnson congratulates himself. Uh, he turns 30 today. Andrew Glenn says happy birthday to his wife, Fiona. Dave Koss, of course, we congratulated him uh, last uh, Sunday, but, uh, well, he is a sir, a knight, so we might as well do it again. He was uh, celebrating on the 30th of September, and he will be auctioning off my dirty HEMA underwear for charity, that charity being this program here. And Brian Tobias and congratulates his daughter, Christine. She turns two tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. <laughs> I can't wait to see how much the HEMA underwear pick up. I'm telling you, that's uh, good. It's a <laughs> and the winner has to take a picture of them wearing them on their head <laughs> as a bonus. All right, we have a number of knights here that we are going to bring into our um, our elusive round table. So I'd like to uh, you could just draw your sword there, Johnny Boy. That'd be very, very helpful. Good. Adam Johnson, Frank Agensat. And Paul J. Sandowski, please step forward. All three of you have reached the elusive level of Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. And that means that you have uh, contributed to the best podcast in the universe. The amount of $1,000 or more, we could not be happier. And hereby I declare you all night. So please welcome Sir Paul, Sir Frank, and Sir Adam. Come on, boys, for your hookers and blow, your rent boys and chardonnay, your geishas and sake, or if your hot pants and booze. We've got it all right here at the round table for the Knights. And, of course, your rings are on their way. Make sure you email your ring size to ring at noagendanation.com. We'll take care of that for you since you got in before the end of the year, after uh, the year is over. If the universe still exists, we will uh, move on with a new uh, identifying mark. Some people have uh, mentioned dog tags as a, a great thing for knights, which I think is interesting. Mm, that I, is I, interesting. I like the dog. You could have we could have tungsten dog tags. Um, Skyler is your bird's name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like. Yeah. See, I even know your bird's name. Yeah. Yeah, I expected you to. <laughs> Skyler. shut up <laughs> i like it i think it's kind of cool i like it a lot anyway this is a value for value proposition that we have going on here 
we bring you a valuable podcast. We do it wherever we are. And when, I mean, we try to have some kind of personal life, but we'll still bring it to you from hotel rooms. And and uh, no, John is not at his home base either. He's up at the uh, in the the bird sanctuary. Uh, so it's uh, you know we we really try to put on a good show for you and uh, and give you the the full benefit of our media assassination. Uh, just a fun little clip before we get into something very very serious, which I'm quite concerned about. Uh, uh, this is Don, Danny Bonaducci. Uh, you remember Danny Bonaducci, of course. From yes, the, he the, is a pitch man on television. Yes, he's from the Partridge family. I worked with Danny quite a bit in the MTV days. Uh, it, I have to say, although he was always always in some kind of horrible trouble. Um. You know, like we do spring break with MTV and then he'd get arrested for, you know, soliciting a tranny in Florida. I mean, I'm not kidding. It was always like, someone's got to go get Danny out of jail. <laughs> so I guess he does a morning shows now wherever he can, he can, uh, can do a show. And uh, something peculiar happened to him, which turned into a great promotional moment for Danny's morning show. Former child star Danny Bonaducci says a fan bit him in the face over this weekend. The incident apparently happening while he was appearing at a Skagit Valley casino. King 5's Chris Daniels talked to Bonaducci tonight. Chris, strange one. What did he have to say? Well, Alan, Bonaducci admits he's had some scrapes in life, but nothing quite like this. When he says a blonde woman approached with a small request. Can I give you a kiss? And I said, yes. And she threw her legs up. I was like, held her in like this. And she just bit down on my face. So what do you think uh, Bonaducci thinks is the reason for this happening, John? Aliens. Super hard. I got to assume it was a, a zombie a chick or yeah. somebody quitting smoking. <laughs> Interesting he said that, though. It's either a zombie chick, which, uh, yes, we'll go for the zombie chick, or someone quitting smoking. I'm like, yeah, that's possible if they're on the Shantix. Danny would know. Danny would know. This reminds me of the guy, the ShamWow guy, getting his, almost a woman trying to suck his tongue out of his face and bite it off. Ooh, well, that'll teach you don't let fans hug you and kiss you. Although I do it all the time. I'm just waiting. You'll wonder, hey, man, come on, give me some sugar, give me a hug, and they shiv me. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it could happen. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's right a good in the one. gut. Right shiv. Now. I like shiv. the use of the word. <laughs> they shiv me. It is a good word. Shiv is an underused word. All right, so um, something very disturbing is going on. And, um, well, I'll, I'll play this little clip. This has been, uh, been going on in, in a number of different forms, but. You know, huge, for those of you not living in the United States of America, you will not know about this, but it's happening everywhere, apparently, and uh, I have some questions that we can delve into. And now, the latest on the major recall of a staple in American kitchens, peanut butter. The recall is growing. The Centers for Disease Control has now confirmed that at least 30 people in 19 states were all sickened by salmonella, most of them children. And the clues are pointing investigators towards some well-known brand names, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, and Target. ABC's Steve Osinsami has more details. What's especially frightening is that most of the people who've gotten sick from the recalled peanut butter are children under the age of 10. I am concerned because yeah. I love peanut butter. And you don't know what you're getting. It's very scary. This all began with one brand of sea salt peanut butter at Trader Joe's, but the recall has now cleared out peanut butter aisles at Kroger, Whole Foods, and Target. 
Investigators have traced the trouble to Sunland Incorporated, a peanut butter manufacturer in New Mexico that sells products in grocery stores across the country. So I'm listening to this, and I'm like, okay, this is deja vu all over again. We went through this exact scenario with salmonella, with peanut butter, at a peanut butter factory, and you will recall, John, that was a setup for the Food Safety Act of 2011. We discussed it ad nauseum on the show. They had all, it was, oh, terrorists are going to get us. We're going to, oh, we're all going to die. They're going to put something in our food. And so we had this act. The, actually, it's uh, the Food Safety Modernization Act, known as the FSMA. Right. It was signed into law by President Obama on January 4th, 2011, and it was supposed to keep us safe. So all of a sudden now we have this exact same problem after this act was signed. Um, we have an addition to that. Um, don't eat the smoked salmon because the Dutch factory, uh, you know, the hundreds of people have fallen ill due to E. coli in the Netherlands and some of that is here. We have the Canadian beef that has E. coli that uh, don't eat your beef, throw it all out. So I'm like, hold on a second. What is go- we had a deal here. The Food Safety Modernization Act. So I go to the webpage, and this is very surprising to me. The Food Safety Modernization this is literally from the FDA. The Food Safety Modernization Act, the most sweeping reform of our food safety laws in more than 70 years, was signed into law by President Obama, blah de blah blah Now, And this was, this was in 2011? January. And what was supposed oh, to happen... Okay, yes. So a year and a half ago. Now let yeah. me get this straight. Well, hold on. No, no, no. So bear with me. I want you to listen. All right. So I remember reading the Food Safety Modernization Act, and they always have all these stipulations, things that are supposed to happen. And part of the main things that was supposed to happen is that all food facilities had to uh, get a registration, and you know, th- there's all kinds of new uh, new th- um, regulations they have to adhere to. And that had to happen as per October 1st, 2012. 18, it's usually 18 months, you know, so that would make okay. sense, right? So I'm like, wow, how come, you know, how can, how can this be happening? I go to the FSMA website for the FDA, and it says here they've got a big sticker on their website. Note, biennial registration renewal for food facilities will not be available on October 1, 2012. We therefore will not be accepting food facility registration renewals at this time. Please check FDA's website, and then they give the website of the page that I'm actually on. There's no additional information. There's no reporting on this. They are not registering food facilities, and we have all of a sudden all of this E. coli over the, uh, all over the place. Something is going on here, and we're not being told the truth, and the media is definitely not looking into it. In addition, in the Federal Register... We have the Notice of Establishment of the Biosurveillance Advisory Committee. John, something's coming down. I can't put my finger on it yet, but there's a reason why the FDA has not adhered to the actual law that was signed, and these companies are not getting registrations. There's this Biosurveillance ad, ad, uh, Advisory Committee all of a sudden, and people are getting sick. This sounds like a big setup to me. Yep, that's what it sounds like. Have that's you, it, as far as we go. Well, I want you to check out the uh, FDA.gov, or just, just Google the uh, FSMA, and I want you to see this note that they've just, <clears throat> just stuck on their website. 
Okay. I want you to see how weird it is. Because they're not giving an explanation. They're just saying, sorry. And while you're doing that, I'm going to play this little... Look at it now. Do you see how it's weird red, it is? It's yeah. red border. Yeah, don't you see that? Isn't that weird? And to further um, accentuate this, the, 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 the food safety or the bioterror or whatever's happening, this report from ABC has a six-second soundbite of some douchebag, Dr. Robert Tokes of the CDC, and they just throw it in there, and I want you to listen to it because it is total mind programming. All the illnesses that have been investigated are related to the peanut butter products uh, from the one plant. Come on. That's mind control. Well, that's a peculiar clip. Isn't that weird? Listen, listen to it again. All the illnesses that have been investigated are related to the peanut butter products uh, from the one plant. I find that something's weird with how he's saying that. Hmm. Now you might be onto something here. Well, it'll resolve itself rather quickly. Well, what's not resolved is what happened to these companies having to register. You're going to see something pop up. It just, I just haven't been able to find it. There's no reporting on it. You'd think that if the FDA is not able to register food facilities, that that would be you know, of interest to some journalistic institutions. Yeah, they made such a big deal about it when we had the first peanut butter poisoning. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so there you go. We have uh, exactly the All same right, scenario. That goes in the Red Book as something to follow up on. Yes, please. Hmm. I'll have to start looking at this and see what the hell the deal is. I mean, I, I, I looked right. for hours. I could Maybe not. Con- 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 uh, contradicting some UN thing. I, it makes no sense. I was trying to find it. You know, there's just there's nothing. This is the problem when you get this like an election and these stupid idiotic debates. It's like nothing. It's like the world stops. There's nothing else happening. Oh, I'm sorry. You got E. coli and you died. I'm sorry. Oh well, whatever. Like Haiti, <laughs> the latest vaccine push in Haiti, elephantitis. No, you're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. It's in Titus. Yes. What else are they going to experiment with on these people? I mean, you got to. There's a link in the show notes. You got to see these people. It's so sad. And now they're lining them up, uh, giving them uh, vaccines for elephantitis. These people are just human pincushions for the United Nations. <laughs> it's like first we give you an earthquake. That is so terrible. Yeah, and then we give you cholera. And then, uh, and we build a hotel, which you're not going to be in. That's where all the douchebag elites hang out, i.e. the Clintons. Oh, and by the way, have some elephantitis. <laughs> elephantitis. This is horrible. I'm not kidding. This is really, really bad. Apparently, elephantitis also can go to your scrotum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really? Yeah. And you get a big, giant, you get a... Yes. Uh, Hey, that doesn't sound pleasant. Yeah, well, let me read the article here. It says uh, <clears throat> that leads to stigmatism. <laughs> yeah, really. Here, Haiti takes on dreaded disease one mouth at a time. Oh, it's really horrible. You see these pictures. Uh, oh, and uh, <laughs> here's here's what uh, 
who says this? Mass drug administration is what they're going to apply. Mass drug administration. Wow. I'm telling you. So it's a, a parasitic infection called lymphatic fil- filariasis. Filari- filariasis. That apparently now is present in 80% of the country, spread by mosquitoes. In severe cases, it leads to permanent swelling of an arm or a leg. That condition, called elephantitis, can be grotesque and life-changing. In men, the worms can cause a swelling of the scrotum that is even more stigmatizing. (laughs) Wow. Sorry. All right. And that's our Haiti update, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So brought to you by the by Bill George and Clooney Clinton Foundation. Yeah, and George Clooney, who you texted your ten dollars to, isn't that great? Let me see. You sent ten dollars, and they got cholera and elephantitis, and they're still living in tents. Awesome. <laughs> Don't send your blankets. Yeah. Uh, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. All right. What you got, Johnny boy? Uh, well, they cut me off guard a little bit there. Oh, I, I, I got more again. I got more if you want. I mean, I got a couple other things. Yeah, give me one other one. Actually, I did play here. Here's the, the music. Play the American Airlines clip. Um, okay, if I could find it. Oh, no, I can't find it. What's it called? American Airlines. No, you don't have an American Airlines clip. Uh, keep looking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can look all you want. I don't have American Airlines. It would start with an A, yes? Well, I think it says something in front of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, no. I don't have American Airlines. Okay, what's what? read a clip to me. Okay, we have uh, troops everywhere. Okay, here, I got two clips. Now, this is interesting, because the, the, the number... Is, his number showed up, and I, then I heard another clip, and I said, wait a minute, this number is not quite the same, but it's very similar to this number that they brought up. Now, this is from the Glenn Beck new TV show. Oh, you're watching and that? Hmm. This, did this throw out some numbers, and I and play it, play it, and then I'll get to the point. What, the troops everywhere? Yeah, troops everywhere. To tell you, and this is from Mother Jones, so take it for what it's worth here. But uh, it said, last year, the Washington Post reported, and this is from 2011, so they're saying two, in 2010, last year, the Washington uh, Post reported that the U.S. had deployed special operations forces in 75 countries from South America to Central Asia. Recently, however, U.S. Uh, special operations command spokesman Colonel Tim Nye told Mother Jones that on any given day, America's elite, tr- elite troop were working in about 70 countries, and that the countries totaled by year's end would be about 120 there's only like 190 on the earth so i I thought that was kind of interesting Hmm. the 75 countries or whatever so then i heard this other clip which is days later and by the way i want to mention to people that listen to our show is that we're the only people that would actually listen to glenn beck and democracy now to try to coordinate some of these ideas play drones everywhere oh my favorite 
Finally, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Sarah Nucky, um, about international law and the message that sends to other countries. This news is just out today, that Iran has unveiled what it says is a new indigenous long-range unmanned drone capable of flying over most of the Middle East. The Shahed-129 has a range of 1,240 miles and could be equipped with bombs and missiles, according to the Islamic Revolution Guards Corps. Uh, Iran is one of an estimated 76 countries who now uh, are developing or have drone technology. At the moment, U.S. exports have been fairly restricted because of export controls, although some government officials in the United States, as well as drone manufacturers, have been working very hard the last couple of years to reduce those export controls. The Pentagon, it was just announced, uh, released information that some 66 countries would now be given permission to purchase drones from United States manufacturers. <laughs> the proliferation, we've been tracking it over the last couple of years, and it's increased rapidly. The concerns from it um, are obvious. But no, no other country uses drones to carry out strikes, though, right? They're used There's mostly for surveillance. There's only been one unconfirmed report of another country carrying out a targeted killing by a drone strike, and that was a reported strike in Egypt, uh, reportedly by Israel. And when was that? This year. <laughs> Okay. Everybody's got a damn drone. I'm listening to these numbers. I'm thinking, well, I mean, Beck's moaning about all these uh, overseas bases. Are these bases all essentially, because it matches the numbers on this report, just for drones? Yes, that's what they are. They're all bases for drones. Come on, man. We know this is what Djibouti was all about. Remember we tracked all that? Djibouti, Djibouti? That's a, yeah. It's a drone base. Hey, man, Mickey says she swears she saw a drone flying over our house the other day. She swears she saw it. And I've heard people in Texas say they've got the drone flying over uh, Steiner Ranch. So I can't wait to see if this is true. And, um, and this just in um, from Agent France Presse, the Pentagon. We have the uh, chief scientist for the U.S. Air Force saying, uh, quote, it is uh, not my belief that unmanned systems will be able to perfectly be perfectly ethical in the battlefield, but I'm convinced they can perform more ethically than human soldiers are capable of. This, of course, is in reference to autonomy of the drones so they can make a kill decision themselves. I mean, you can almost get ready to cross this off of the book, in the Red Book, because it is happening. They're going to make these things autonomous. We're being completely conditioned for the whole drone world. Thank you, Jerry Brown, for signing into law the ability for Google cars to drive around without people uh, steering them. We're nuts. This is all conditioning to get us ready. And you love it, don't you? You love the whole idea of the of the the car that drives itself? I think so. Yeah. But let me go let me ask a question about this with these two clips. Do you think remember about two years ago we were doing the show and there was that one drone that for some unknown reason, even though it violated all its own programming, went over and landed in uh, Iran? Yeah. You think that's the one they, they would you think they just sent, sent this is the way we sent them a drone that they could copy? Well, he well, here's the theory on that. First of all, it's this is the making a drone is no big deal. I don't understand why everyone's making this out to be like some oh, supersonic heavy technology. It's not a big deal. It's no, an, it's not, but to, but to get it so it can be armed and fire accurately at a target, that's kind of complicated. I disagree. I don't think that's hard at all. I don't, I, yeah. no. And you know the theory on that is that they hijacked the GPS signal and they said, "Oh, you're landing at your home base, 
but of course it really wasn't their home base it was wherever else and you know and our theory is you know we just sent it over there hey, here take a look at this with, with a whole bunch of spy gear inside this is you know this why do you think that they love it so much we've removed we're removing human beings from the equation and they're cheap to make. You know, these drones, you know, it costs a lot of, you know, you got to have 50 guys to run them, but they love it. No, man, this is great. This is, this is, the, this is the, new, the new big deal. They're just going to keep going with this forever and ever, and they're cheap to make, and everyone can have one flying all over the place. How hard? You can build a drone in your garage. These things are crap. They got a propeller. Brrr, they make a lot of noise. No. Well, the good ones make a lot of noise, so they annoy people. Yeah. No, this is... Well, maybe you did have one flying over the house. Unless she swears she saw it. Okay, so now I'm looking at my list of clips. Mm-hmm. American Airlines. I don't have that one, John. I'm really sorry. I, I don't know. I just well, don't you have. said you had 17 clips. That's clip number two. No, I don't have it. Well, read me the clips. Will you just believe me? I don't have it. Okay. 10 year, 10, 10 YJ, okay, here, here we go. 10 YJ amendment. Did Lair yeah. forget Romney's okay, name? Okay, you're right. You don't have it because it should have been right there. Yeah. That's odd. Oh, that's right. You hand downloaded them. You must well, have let, me, let me take a look. Hold something. on a second. Well, it it so- sounds like it's going to be worth it now. Hold on. Well, it's an interesting clip. Well, let me just check for a second. Because it's we pretty have, funny. Yeah. If you want to go back to the base, I do have the one good moment as a special clip. Uh, one good moment. It's, a M, it's spelled M-P-M-E-N-T. <laughs> it says only good moment. See, this yes, is why that's what I meant. You, th- you think it's easy for me to produce this show? <laughs> <laughs> let, me just, let me just check your clips. Hold on a second. Um, American Airlines. Yes, there it is. For so, so while that's uh, downloading, we'll play this one good moment. Set it up for me. It's a one. It's the only good moment in the entire debate. Getting help, Jim. Let's. We, we we've gone on a lot of topics there, and so I'm going to. It's going to take a minute to go from Medicaid Sorry. to schools to, to oil to yeah. tax breaks and companies oh, going stop, overseas. Stop it! So stop, it stop it! Besides the fact, this is another example of Lara losing. He says, Lara actually says to him, "Go back to Medicaid," and he doesn't even pay any attention to him. The one by one. First of all, uh, the Department of Energy has said the tax break for oil companies is $2.8 billion a year. And it's actually an accounting treatment, as you know, that's been in place for 100 years. Now, it's time to end it. Uh, and, and in one year... What? You know, that, that was like, really? Time to end it? Right, and the worst part about that is that he set himself up for what Romney had to say afterwards. It was dumb. You provided $90 billion in breaks <laughs> to the Zing. green energy world. Zing. Now, I, I like green energy as well, but that's about 50 years worth of what oil and gas receives. And you say Exxon and Mobil. Actually, this $2.8 billion goes largely to small companies, to drilling operators and so forth. But, you know, if we get that tax rate from 35% down to 25%, well, that $2.8 billion is on the table. Of course it's on the table. That's probably not going to survive if you get that rate down to 25%. Yeah, and I'd like to, like to point out that we dissected that uh, that entire uh, tax break, 
And that tax break also goes to Apple. It goes to anyone who's producing anything in the United States. And Apple does actually get some of the, that tax break because I think because of their assembly in the United States. It's not just to oil producers. It's if you make television programs, you get this uh, tax break. If you make movies, you get this tax break. Remember we went through that whole law, John? The whole thing? Yeah. It's yeah, bull crap. It's, no, it's bullshit is what it is. I'm sick and tired of people just... You know, it, Romney and Obama both. It's bullcrap. Oh, yeah. it, it is for anything produced in the United States, not just for oil and gas. There is a specific uh, exemption for transmission of oil and gas, but otherwise it's for anything you produce in America. Bullcrap. You play the pet peeve. I will. Damn it. I'm angry. Pet peeve of the day. And these stupid idiots on television, on the news, they don't know any better. They haven't taken that. It's, you know, it's so easy. You go into Google's and you say, uh, what's up with the tax breaks? And you find it and you go, you copy and paste the actual uh, US, uh, USC code. And then you get the language. It's like one paragraph. It's not hard to read. And then you might actually be informing people. Hey, by the way, yeah. did you see the, the the clip of that Russian guy that did last year's debate where he punched out the guy on the podium? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that should have happened at our place, you mean? Well, it could have. Yeah, it cool. been a good idea. Now I you got, got the American Airlines clip. Yeah, I do. Set up? Uh, the setup is, I think the labor unions which are having a beef with American Airlines are creating problems for the airlines, which they are known to do. Uh, yeah. This problem is quite funny. Yeah, I like this. a couple of times, apparently. <laughs> but nobody in the news media kind of mentioned that there's a labor dispute, but they never really bear down on the possibility that this is labor goofing around. <laughs> it's called sabotage. Two American Airlines flights had to make emergency landings this week because of an unusual problem. Seats that are coming loose during the flight. And as CBS 5 reporter Kristen Ayers explains, several jets are now grounded for inspection. Kristen? That's right, Ken. It's a terrifying mishap that has happened two times in three days on American Airlines flights, and it's just the latest blunder for a carrier under fire over a host of labor issues. Roger. Got an unusual one for you. A bizarre breakdown on board American Airlines Flight 685 Saturday. Passenger seats, uh, row 12, B, E, and F uh, came loose out of the floor. Passengers are unable to uh, sit in that seat. You heard that right. A row of three seats suddenly unbolted from the floor of the plane. We don't know what kind of turbulence we have. The seat is loose. We don't want that thing flying around and hurt the passengers behind us. The plane was bound for Miami from Boston, but the pilots were forced to turn the aircraft around for an emergency landing in New York. But that wasn't the end. It happened again today. Seats on a New York to Miami plane came loose this time, forcing another emergency landing. In a statement, Americans said an internal investigation has indicated that there could be a possible issue with a certain model of seats and how they fit into the tracking used to secure the seats. American has decided to proactively Reinspect eight seven fifty seven. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think it's actually the maintenance uh, contract that's under review, or the engineers, is it not? Yeah, something like that. And both these flights were going to Miami, which I thought was odd. And one out of Boston, and one out of New York. This is this is bullcrap. They just somebody just come in there and. Okay, I gotta, uh, I'm gonna take a look at some here. They go loosen the bolts. Just loosen them up, exactly. (laughs) And there they go. Hey, there's another one. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love it. Now, this has never happened before, in the, as far as I know, ever. So now it's happening, and so they got to look at all the 757s? Please. Now, and it's also one of these things that, you know, <clears throat> when it comes to aviation, uh, seats are a pretty big deal. You know, keeping them, uh, keeping them secured to the fuselage, as it were. It's actually, you know, that's some pretty good construction going on there. Now, when uh, when there's an event or uh, something nasty happens, they are supposed to break free, uh, <clears throat> which, you know, you probably don't want to know as a passenger uh, because, you know, you wind up getting your legs cut off and stuff. Uh, but particularly up front, I mean, you know, these things are locked down. So this is not just like, this doesn't just happen. Okay, this is not just... Uh, you know, and what and, the, and I think uh, American flies mainly Boeing. Yeah, these are seven fifty seven, so they're yeah. Boeing planes. Yeah, uh, you know, and and Boeing, uh, uh, the Boeing engineers. I mean, it's just there's all kinds of union stuff in here. They're a holes. Stop messing with the passengers. Stop it. Sick and tired of you. So all I've got left is the end of show clip. Okay. If you want to hear it, by the way. If you say no to this one, I will not be in the least upset. Well, let me let me play one uh, one last clip, and I want you to explain something to me. I, I, you know, did you do not do a show with Horowitz? I didn't see anything come through. Did you miss one? No, I was. It was. I had to go to we, Tuesday. <clears throat> I couldn't do it because I was tra- traveling up to here. And then Wednesday, I was going to do it yesterday, but then I got to get this Obama crap. I had to watch the debate, so I, I put it off. We're going to do it next no. Tuesday. Okay, so you, you actually sacrificed the other show for this show. That's appreciated. I did. Yeah, I know you did. Um, so I'm listening to this about uh, the Iranian, uh, what is it, uh, peso? What is, their, uh, what is their monetary unit? Dinar, peso. That would be like a dinar, maybe. Shekel. Let me take a look. No, it's something else. It's like... Uh, a Zlotty. No, why Too much you can't hear the, the bird now. <laughs> I don't He's making a duck sound. Yeah, he, sounds, he does yeah, duck. That's great. Back, 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 back. Um, well, I, I want you to... Let me see if I have this clip here. I want you to listen to this and tell me what's bogative about... I think this was CNBC. I think it was the UK version. The new video out today. As you say, the real, the Iranian currency is... Swall- ah, the real. There we go. Sorry, it's the real. Yeah. It's not the peso. <laughs> Although I think they should consider switching to the peso. And 40% in one week. So, wait a minute. So I'm hearing the real has dropped 40% in yeah. one week. But now listen to what the reporter says about this and what she can and can't show you. Let's show this video that we're talking about. This is from Tehran's Grand Bazaar. These are merchants in that bazaar saying, shut down your shops. They are angry because their currency has fluctuated so much, it's incredibly difficult to do business. Imagine buying inventory at one price level, and then what do you do a week later when the change is so dramatic? We believe that riot police went in, stopped this protest. There are some photos out there. We're trying to authenticate them, and at the same time have shut down long-tolerated but illegal money traders on the black market. We cannot show you a chart of the Iranian currency because the charts we have reflect the official rate. Hello? We can't show you a chart because that's the official rate. Which is malarkey. Let's show you a full screen, though, of what has happened to the... But it's malarkey. Now, wait a minute. I don't understand. She's saying that the currency has dropped... 40%, 40%, but they can't show you a chart because that's not the official number? Is she just making this up? No, what network was this? CNBC uh, World. 
CNBC World. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a, uh, if you've ever been to one of the CNBC operations, it's quite interesting because they have a bank of chart guys that are, I mean, there's like 20 of them. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing charts in real time as people are discussing things. They'll say, well, Caterpillar's had a real bad time. And yeah, but this is foreign exchange. Yeah, but John, this shows is- up just exactly when they're talking <clears throat> about it. And these aren't prepared. These are done on the fly by a crew. Yeah. Of real fat, you know, you know, guys who know how to do graphics, TV. Yeah, graphics. but this is this is a foreign exchange product. This is not, you know, this is they're talking about the real. They're saying it's down forty percent, but but not according to the official numbers. Then what numbers are they looking at? I don't understand. Well, I, what I don't understand is why they didn't just phony up a, a, a chart. <laughs> well, let's listen again. There's a little more to it. I'll show you a chart of the Iranian currency because the charts we have reflect the official rate, which is malarkey. Let's show you a full screen, though. <laughs> That's a good word, by the way, malarkey. We have to use malarkey more. I'm gonna, I'm right. gonna, I, I use it in my writing. <clears throat> I'm going I'm to look, look this up. What has happened to the price of the Iranian currency? Over the last year, in January, one dollar cost you ten thousand reals. One week ago, a dollar cost you twenty-four thousand reals. Yesterday, so one week later, thirty-five thousand five hundred reals. Dramatic, dramatic change. So why doesn't she just show that? This is she's showing this on the screen. She's got the the Chiron there. I, you have to help me explain, <clears throat> understand why they can't show the official rate because apparently it's not down forty percent. She's just making this up. Well, there's a couple of things at, at play here, and I think this story is bogative. For, listen to what, it, what my take on this is. Okay. This is like when uh, the peso gets devalued by two to one and to the dollar. Nothing changes in Mexico. I, I, you know, when you see this happen anywhere, it's like all of a sudden the peso is worth half as many dollars, down right. 50%. But when you're right. in Mexico, you're spending pay, the same amount of pesos to buy something. That's typical w- with foreign exchange. Uh-huh. Because the Chinese yuan goes up or down, or the Japanese yen goes up or down, and making the price of a Toyota go from 30000 to 35000 same car. That doesn't mean that you pay more for milk. Uh-huh. Right? Right. So why are the people at the bazaar all bent out of shape? That's the question that first thing comes to mind. Well, listen to the rest of the report. Maybe that helps. Um, This obviously causes a a lot of tension and problems within a country. Why is this happening? Because of sanctions. Mm -hmm. They cannot sell oil, A. They can't bring in dollars. So the supply of dollars in the country has dropped dramatically. Additionally, because of the sanctions, they can't import goods. So imported goods not only are in short supply, the the money to buy them with is also problematic. So you've got a double whammy on the price. So they're suffering inflation. And then if you really want to do something dumb, you do something like Ahmadinejad did yesterday. He went on national television and begged people not to exchange the currency. Mm -hmm. What does any average central bank or no? When you go on television and beg people to have confidence in the currency, what does it mean? That they have no confidence in the Absolutely. currency. At the end right? of the day- so I think this is just the, exactly what she said. This is a confidence move just to either say, hey, our sanctions on Iran are, are, are successful or trying to hype the currency down. But you know, do they use dollars all of a sudden on this, in the central market in Tehran? This no. Whole, no, I don't think they do. 
And and uh, but anyway, it just annoyed me to no end that she's sitting there saying we can't show you the. Eff-. I mean, I, I I'm looking at Bloomberg. Yeah, I, I can't find the Rial anywhere on the chart. I'm sure it exists. Middle well, East. Well, I think say. what triggered your reaction was that that we can't show you something. Right. Moment. Right. But what triggered my reaction to the piece being bogus is the is the fact that these people in the market were all upset when it has they're not doing import export at the general market. <laughs> yeah, they are of hookers. <laughs> Maybe export. <laughs> Let me just if I just Google and I say dollar to real. Okay, here it is. One U.S. dollar. Oh, that's Saudi rials. Wow. Hey, of Iranian rials. Jeez. To Iran rial. Let's see. You know, sometimes Google can give you some very helpful information. Uh, no, no results. Okay, thanks. Yeah. How about uh, Wolfram Alpha Wolfram Wolfram yeah. Alpha? Why don't you Wolfram that? Okay, you, you get on that tip. And uh, I will get ready to post-produce the show. Um, tell me about your end of show clip, John. It's the end of the debate. It's the two minutes each side had to say what they had to say at the very end of the debate, and then they, that was the end of the whole thing. Oh, and no. Nah. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's nah. pretty... I mean, nah. it's too... I, I don't know. It's nah. up to you. I mean, it's, it's, nah. I think it's boring. You might want to not even... Yeah, no, I think it's boring, too. You know what I really liked, though? Hurt. You know what I really liked? Which I, I wish you had gotten a clip of, and I didn't get a clip either. But when Romney was like, he did that whole patriotic rant. That was awesome. Remember it that? Was? Yeah, he did this whole patriotic thing about, you know, th- this is the country where you can be free oh, yeah, and we yeah. protect and the freedoms. And did you brother. see the, the. Oh, it was off the chart. No, I liked it. That was good. <clears throat> For a douchebag. Anyway, okay, everybody. Well, we're breaking up badly soon. Yeah, we are. It. All right, so uh, coming to you from uh, the District of Columbia. That's right, I'm in Obama's backyard today. Uh, in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. Although Obama's never there. <laughs> and I'm here up in uh, the Pacific Northwest at the uh, compound. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday, once again from D.C., right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A